On this episode of Hit the Books Podcast, we're talking James Gunn breakdown of the DCU. Stay tuned! Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. My name is Nick. I don't know if I'm a co-host or a friend of the show yet, but... Nick, too. We'll <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm the second one. Not to be confused with Nick Marlan, who is uh, a co-host of the show. Uh, Nick has come on as a guest to uh, help us get an episode out, have a good time. Unfortunately, uh, both Emery and uh, Nick Marlan are out this week, so hopefully we see them on the next episode of Hit the Books Podcast, but they will be out for today. As always, you can find us on YouTube, on Stitcher, on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever they call it now, uh, Podbean, etc., etc., etc. So be sure to look out for us, give us a good review, and like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. It really helps us out. Uh, we need to get to certain thresholds, to get to certain views, to get to certain incentives, and all other sorts of great things that can help us make the show better. So if you can support us, we would really love that. And of course, you can always check out our website, htbvids.com, where you can find links to all of these things and easy, convenient places to uh, find our social medias, our contacts, all that stuff. You can always reach out to us at hitthebooksvids at gmail.com. That's V-I-D-S. You can reach out to us on Twitter at htbvids, and you can find us on facebook.com forward slash hitthebooks. All right, that wraps up all our promotional stuff. Do you have anything you would like to shout out, give a promotion to? Perhaps say hi to somebody. Hi, internet, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't have anything to promote yet. I haven't been that creative or productive. But you do have some projects going on. I do. There there may or may not be a band that you and Emery are currently in. Yeah. In the um, works. It's in the works. Um, interestingly enough, it's been... So this band is about a year old now because um, the whole conception of this has been going on since about January of last year. And uh, yeah, it started as a conversation at a Christmas party, I guess December, and it turned into practicing at my house because that's what happens when you have a bunch of music equipment you just want to invite people over and then yeah definitely you get creative energy in the air people start <clears throat> right behind the camera <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh but it's going good we have um i guess if for anyone who uh is interested the band is called guilty victims um so you heard it here first i don't think i've said anything about it anywhere and no one else has so oh, breaking scoop hot <laughs> off the press um <clears throat> And we are at the stage where we actually have some songs that are ready to be demoed. So that should give if that gives you a timeline level of you know six to twelve months, we might actually have an album ready. World tour is coming in five years. Whenever, <laughs> whatever Waken needs a Waken Waken, Germany needs a a headliner with you know throwbacks to eighties and nineties grunge and metal. In that order. Um, but no, it's been going really well. Um, <clears throat> I play guitar. Emery sings. Um, we lost our drummer because he found a better job. That's very Stonehenge of you. <laughs> uh, every time Spinal Tap gets on stage, you're just losing another drummer. I don't know if he combusted or not. We weren't there for that. It wasn't that exciting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Got crushed by the prop. By something. Eaten by tigers. Now, so. Oh, wow. 
Do they got tigers on the West Coast? They got something on the West Coast. Something's eating people on the West Coast. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Uh, we had we knew uh, Nick Marlite wasn't going to make it today, but uh, well, we had a emergency situation it seems with Emery. So <laughs> I'm very thankful you came as a guest on the show. So I'm not talking to myself and to our audience. Thank you for having me. So. Uh, we always start off the show with a little bit of talk about what we've been up to, and then we get into the news, and of course, give out our famous cover of the week okay. at the end of the show. So, what have you been up to, Nick? Reading, well, watching, um, listening to? <clears throat> well, um, let's see, I guess I'll go like last month. Um, so, I guess a little bit about me, since it's the first time I uh, really big into games, mostly like JRPGs, survival horror, pretty much anything that's good i guess whatever that means to you um big movie person especially like 80s and 90s stuff yeah i love um, your evil dead 2 shirt oh yeah yeah As, I, I had a resident evil shirt which is kind of the same thing with the yeah. turn zombie but then i was like you know this is yeah it's pretty dope <laughs> i like it um <clears throat> which is by the way if you that's an interesting uh little trivia that the cover of resident evil with the zombie turning is actually an evil dead reference so have you uh you ever seen the tales from the crypt movies no, I know of them. I have so seen there, them. So there's though. the TV show that everybody knows, but there most people don't know unless you've watched our comic movie master list series that uh there's some old ones from the 70s and the, I okay. I suspect that they are very much what kind of drove the inspiration for the Evil Dead movies. So Oh, hot, on, uh, knowing of them and not having seen them though, I definitely could see that. I'm it, sure Sam Raimi was Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean they're based on comic book series, right? So um, there's a little bit of cor- corniness and hokiness to it, but like the first one in particular is actually like pretty good and holds up really well. It's, it's basically just a collection of like short stories and it's all okay. connected through like the intro where they're basically in this seems like a graveyard or something, a crypt. They're not really sure. They don't know how they got there or why they're there, but then they each start like recalling a story of what happened to them. And then it goes into like a horror short story for each individual character it's really cool they tried to replicate it with the second one which we also did on comic movie master list uh so definitely check out that playlist if you're on our youtube channel but uh that one was a little rough (laughs) didn't didn't, did not hold up as well as the first one did uh that one was definitely more corny and hokey and poorly acted but the first one and they're they're british films so that that just adds another element of kind of (laughs) unique aspect to it that you wouldn't necessarily predict from an early comic book movie so definitely give those a check if you're into evil dead okay that's homework for everybody including your yours truly cool no um i've been um i guess the two main games i've been playing are persona 5 i love the persona series if you're a fan i guess leave a comment and say what you like about the persona series i think (laughs) i think have you played persona at all I've, i've played persona 3 that's my favorite just yeah. because of the aesthetic. I know it's a little janky for Yeah, it's been a long... I played it when it first came out, and I haven't touched a Persona game since, but I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I th- it was I was a little... I think the one thing that caught me is a little tedious, because I, th- I can't remember what year it came out. Like 2003? Three, four, yeah. Five. It was <clears> at a weird time where like I was moving across the country to New York, and like I was... You know, I didn't have a lot of time. We're just like figuring stuff out, and I just moved from like rural Ohio to in the middle of Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> like huge culture shock, and was like adapting to everything. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed my time with it. I found like I found the time system a little tedious because like 
one thing I can't stand in video games, and it's not like I don't enjoy the mechanic, it's that like I personally like get frustrated with myself is if I miss out on stuff. Like I have oh, I have yeah. real <laughs> significant FOMO and I'm a I'm kind of a Emery and I've talked about it a lot. I'm kind of a perfectionist and it makes me take forever to finish games cuz I want to like see and do everything before I I put it away cuz I'm probably never going to touch it again once I right. finish it. So like I'll have the boss battle just waiting for me. I'll have everything done, but I'm still going through all the collections, all the side missions just so I can hear every like dialogue choice and get every interaction and personas like that. Like you can miss a lot of stuff if you don't like do things at a certain time period. Or talk to certain characters in a certain way, and like, I hate that. You're not supposed <laughs> it drives to drives me crazy. You're not supposed to get everything. It's kind of designed like I know. That. You got all those like social links, where it's like, oh, I want to max it out with yeah. the the cute girl and the excited girl and the shy girl and the guy in the graveyard or whatever. Yep, you're 100 um, percent correct. But I can't. Handle it. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I like that because it forces you to really manage like what you're doing. It for I mean, it also like. I think the, the the reason I like I think they're very comfy games. You know, you think like Fallout Three yeah. or like Skyrim. That's a good game. You can sink hundreds of hours just like sitting back and exploring. Yeah, no doubt. Persona's a little bit like that for me, where it's just you have a balance, right? Where you're exploring either a palace or a dungeon or whatever, and then the other half is like slice of life, role playing kind. I mean, some people don't consider it role playing because the decisions aren't super big, I guess. But it's still you're still making decisions who you talk to and what you do. Yeah, and the. Um, it's really fun. I think that five definitely upgraded and updated some of the mechanics, especially for fighting. You have so many options, like where you have, whereas like in three, you have, you still have the one hit system where if you do a weakness attack, you get one more turn. I think it's called the one turn or one, one more. Yeah. Um, this one, there's like, there's guns, there's a baton pass. If you get a one more, you can pass it to a different character. You can switch a lot of stuff on the fly. It's, it's really good. I'm about, 15 to 20 hours in and um really enjoying it yeah i know uh spoiler alert for babby's first D D as uh emory and nick marlatt like to call it keep listening uh we've we've started babby's first D D. I did obs the first session it's a little rough because it's literally just like me and emory with our face up and everybody else has like a picture of like a lizard or whatever else you get you have like a anime character or whatever and then, uh, like, <laughs> everything is... They mustn't know. Yeah, everything's real rough, because not only am I a beginner, but there's another beginner in the in the crew. Granted, uh, she's been doing it a few more times than me, right? One more time than you. Okay, so she had one game advantage <laughs> yeah, on me. Which and was I, a session zero, so... Yeah, and I could not figure out the, the application, the D&D Beyond stuff. Well, Emery was trying to explain it to me over webcam <laughs> and then then the second session we did was live which was fun but then we had to again learn how to do it like manually because we weren't using the the D D browser to like stage everything so like then i had to relearn and like we, we were like we spent like an hour trying to find the spell cards with the description oh yeah so we, we knew what we could or couldn't do we had like yeah the most interesting thing where we w- we had an online D session which was like a bunch of like hardware and or, sorry software that was like I had never used before. Emery's just kind of a master of that stuff, I think, because they yep. use it for. Um, he, he does like a live show with people, um, but they use that. Yep, him but, and Nick Marlette both. They uh, our other co-hosts. They do uh, their D and D stream, which uh, used to be on uh, Twitch TV 
uh, forward slash those natural ones, but I think they've moved to YouTube Live, so I think now they're found on YouTube. Um, I don't know if they're still supporting Twitch or not, but I know if you have a Amazon Prime subscription and you want to support them a little bit financially, you can, and you're not using that Prime subscription, you can go to twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones, go on there, click the subscribe with Prime button. Doesn't cost you a thing if you already if you already have Prime, but it, it sends them a small amount, like a like I think they get like two bucks or something. Uh, to help them run the show and support their stream. So if you want to support them, definitely go look up twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones. And you, if you type in at natural, those natural ones, uh, I think with the number one on YouTube, you can also find their YouTube channel. And of course, you can find it on our social medias as well where we promote it. But they also do shorts. Yep, they got a lot of shorts. They do it on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. So definitely check that out and support the crew. But back to your point. Um, <clears throat> so he's really good at all the software stuff with the indie because he runs a professional show with that. And, um, so our first session, we learned some of it the first time, but it wasn't like a real session. We like tested, I mean, it was a session zero. We tested the mechanics out, made our characters, whatnot. I think actually we had two sessions. It might've been before you came in, but long story short, we learned this new software in browser, the D and D beyond, uh, forge i believe it's called yeah we learned that which is its own kind of hurdle right because i'm used to roll 20 which is a lot less bells and whistles and a lot simpler mm-hmm. but i like this a lot more it's just you have to actually know how to use it um then we had our in-person where everybody came to my house and we had a D game in person and that was really fun but that was also learning i bought like the magic cards we're playing fifth edition and i bought all the cards we got a bunch of like the different just stat systems and stuff so like associated with spells or whatever mm-hmm. so and then character sheets, obviously, it's a lot easier to have it in a digital format than printing it out, writing on it, keeping yeah. track of the changes. So, yep. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you know, again, it's my first experience, so it's a little, um, it's, it, it's, it's tedious. It's just, just being honest. It's tedious to like learn the systems and what I can or can't do and how much I can test the DM and what I can get away with, you know, uh, uh, my, I think my interrogations in particular, I was glad that he let that fly. Very <laughs> so, uh, moralistic. Yeah. Holistic. I was using the uh, mend cantrip as a interrogation tool. So I'd break all the fingers until they ran out, and then I'd start mending them and breaking them again. <laughs> what was that Sherlock Holmes quote where it's like the most terrifying um antagonist or something is a doctor that goes rogue because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the potential from a healer curer kind of person to do all sorts of evil shit is a uh, yeah terrifying but it's been fun it's been great getting to know you that's how i met you uh for the first time which has been great uh, and the others of course uh, my first character is a death cleric i was told before i joined that they desperately needed a healing character and so he he gave me a list of healing types and explained it to me. And I'm like, well, I kind of want to be like menacing, but not necessarily evil. He's like, well, you could worship the death god. I'm like, all right, sign me up. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. So I've been doing some shenanigans a little bit, talking to the dead, uh, bringing people back to life. All in good spirit. Uh, All in alignment check checks out. So. Torturing people. That I, <laughs> I think you would consider me like kind of chaotic good, maybe. Chaotic good is that unique middle ground. Well, it's like true neutral is also one of those like where it's like you don't know what to expect, right? It's like you're yeah. good, but 
good and it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> the end result will be positive, but the journey will be Yeah. But I have I will say I am I don't know if this is normal, but I am probably the most unlucky roller of all time. I I think I've had double digit rolls twice this entire session. One was a 20, but it was on something that was completely useless. Like <laughs> like something that did, like wasn't needed hardly at all. So uh, I've gotten lucky one time, and I've gotten like sixes, sevens, fives, fours, a lot. So I've been failing a lot. My character is very incompetent, apparently. <laughs> Just not successful at anything. Well, <clears throat> I think that's like a running meme almost. It's like, why am I the only one who rolls twos and threes and ones? Because, yeah. I mean, the probability, if you actually look at the distribution, like chances are you're not rolling super good, right? Because like, yeah. I think a 15, 16 is good. That's like less than a quarter percent chance. So. Yeah. But um, Emery keeps having us fight chickens, which is another theme we're running into a lot. We had, I think the session, one of the sessions you weren't there for, we fought goblins, which Emery stated was like, this was supposed to be like a nice little warm up for you. And we had like six goblins that all, they rolled a D8 for damage for how much, like, so they do a total of eight maximum. I think every single one of them rolled an eight every time they attacked <laughs> like, us. Because they're on the brink of death in yeah, your, we, well, in your training no, session. I think we had two Is that char- why you needed a healing character? Yeah. Because you almost all died? <laughs> he had to bring in an NPC monk to come in and help us because two people were doing death saving throws after like turn three. Oh my god. <laughs> because well, we, we had, uh, Fritz, the uh, warrior character, or no. He's the thief. Or thief is he? He's like a scoundrel. He's like kind of yeah. like Han Solo, except a little bit more. Trauma. Was it him or was it you that almost got killed by the the vulture? Oh, last time that was yeah. me. Oh, okay, that was <laughs> you. Okay, yeah. The this fucking vulture attacked us. We all shoot at it. All of course I miss because I roll a four, so my contribution was nothing. And then like it crits the first hit and it seemingly like brings you close to death. And I think Emery was being merciful. It took <laughs> half my letting HP you live. Out almost twice yeah i if i had i had an attack uh not an attack of opportunity i had like opportunity dice or something where i could sneak an attack before it attacked me i had to use two of my four times i could do that just on this one vulture because i would have been dead we just left town like (laughs) just we've taken like three steps out of the town and we've already had one character almost die the vultures in this game fucking badass we're playing in a desert setting emery's obsessed uh, with birds I i don't know what it is as a dm birds are nice I mean, they're fine. But not when they try to beak your eyes Yeah, out. I don't need them flying above me and me trying to shoot them and not <laughs> able to hit anything. And then they hit you and yeah. it's like, whoa. Oh, now I'm dead. Great. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but no, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed getting to know you guys. Um, looking forward to it. Honestly, like, I didn't think I was going to be looking forward to it as much as I am. But I, I'm genuinely, like, excited for Mondays now. I really do enjoy it now. So, you got me at least for the short term. Um, beyond that, what have you been up to? Um, Anything additional? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go over games and movies. Because um, the other game I've been playing is Resident Evil 2. The original, not the remake. Which, the remake's awesome, by the way. But the original... Um, is the, the remake out already? Oh, yeah. The remake was 2019. So, oh, okay. it's been okay. a little bit... It's it's really good. The original is 1998, and I'm playing the GameCube version because looks a little nicer. Um, okay, now yeah, now 
uh, I feel like an idiot because now it's all coming back to me. I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember. <laughs> like, oh no, there's been they the, all the remakes two, coming they out. Remake three, remake four three is what I'm thinking four. of, which is a remake of a remake because they've they've already updated it multiple times, right? Oh well, they've released. There's like Resident Evil Four. It's like The Last was... of Us. They keep releasing it. Honestly, though, because Resident Evil Four was originally a GameCube game, then it came out on PS2, then on Wii. Then on PS3 and 360. Mm-hmm. Then on PS4. There's an iPod Touch game slash iPhone game from like 2008, <laughs> which I yeah. played. Um, there's a VR version of it, which I kind of hate, but a lot of people like, so don't judge me. Um, there's, um, it's out on everything. Like I have, I think every copy of RE4 you can get up until like the PS4 generation, and it's yeah. literally on everything because it's such a good game and it makes a lot of money. All right, so time out. Uh, can you move your mic down just a little bit, like the actual direction? Let's move the head there. Okay. So I think what's happening is it's going above you, and it's getting a ton of echo from the wall. Okay. From my voice hitting the wall. So gotcha. I haven't soundproofed good enough. All right. Back okay. to it. But um, but no, I've been playing Resident Evil 2, uh, mostly just to show my girlfriend that because she hasn't, she didn't grow up with a lot of those games, and I'm just going through it because um, we started uh, going through the resident evil movies by not the good cgi ones but the paul ws anderson ones where it's hey look i have a wife but i don't isn't she attractive i don't understand how those are resident evil anything (laughs) but they have resident evil in name but well it is literally fan fiction yeah (laughs) because the character of the milijovich character the alice is literally if some probably the, the the level to which it's terrible i would say a teenager would write themselves into a show as the wise smart knows everything better than everyone has superpowers and everything while all yeah. the other characters are like whoa you're so cool and and uh we watched the second movie and she doesn't want to watch anymore and i'm i don't blame her i don't blame her yeah <laughs> they're um, rough i i honestly if you want something along those lines the movies i would recommend is the the underworld movies the trilogy mm. I love those movies. I haven't seen them, but I... Oh, brother. You're missing out. If you're into, like, vampire stuff, especially, like, vampire werewolf stuff... We have the first one on DVD. I was... We were going to watch oh, it, but... Oh, they do it. They do the... Uh, Mila Jovich... Uh, I forget her. How do you pronounce her name? I'm an idiot. Mila Jovich? Mila Jovich? The... Is that how you pronounce She's it? She's from Ukraine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Russia. Uh, uh, yeah, like the underworld movies do it better like way better way oh i'm sure way more coherently (laughs) it's this it's the same general principle like badass hot chick vampire in this case so she's got superpowers more or less uh doing awesome badass woman things and then having like an overarching story through the trilogy that's actually pretty cool to think about it's a lot a lot of like, you know, what if these things were real? And if they were real, what if there was, you know, spoiler alert for the first one, a hybrid? And what? how do you handle that? What do you do? It was, it's basically uh, Twilight before Twilight, but way more badass and not filled with teenage angst. Man, Twilight's, <clears throat> Twilight's rough. It's rough, yeah. It's one of those... I read them. I didn't watch the movies, but I read them. I read the first it's, two. It's rough. When I was in like middle school, I thought they were okay. Like, yeah, I didn't have super strong opinions, but like, it's it's one of those like your girlfriend or whatever will like like it, and you'll sit there and be like, 
we're spending time together so yeah i mean yeah i'd be lying (laughs) if i didn't say like i didn't enjoy my time with them but they were pretty mediocre and the older you get the more you're like this is yeah there's better sto- the, the bottom line is there's better stories out there yeah. that are about this whole forbidden romance between creature and beauty and the beast literally yeah. almost. Yeah, so. no doubt. All right. Well, uh have you been up to anything else that uh you really want to talk about? That's kind of it. Um just I mean, I'm always like playing stuff, watching stuff, but um those are the kind of the main highlights. Is don't watch the Resident Evil movies. Just don't. Even if you look at the box art and you're like, <laughs> I kind of want to see how this happens. No. Yeah, don't watch don't. the Netflix series either. Oh, yeah, don't watch the Netflix series. Don't watch Welcome to Raccoon City. (laughs) Don't watch Infinite Darkness, which I hate saying that, the new CGI one. If you want something along those lines, watch the Underworld movies. Watch The Last of Us, the HBO series. Don't don't watch the Resident Evil stuff. It's just not good. Play the games. Play the games. Most of the games are good. Most. (laughs) Not Not seven or eight. Yeah. Well... I mean, if you want, like, a brainless action game, Gears of War style, Resident Evil, by all means. All right. Uh, well, uh, I haven't done a whole lot new. We we talked about my first D&D sash, so we can jump over that. Uh, I'm still finishing Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds DLC. Uh, this is the PlayStation exclusive that is now available on PC and stuff because it's older. Um, this is something that's been sitting literally wrapped in plastic on my my desk for a long time uh with all my other ps4 and ps5 games and uh just never got around to it like i was really excited for it when it first came out and i just didn't have the time and again i'm always fighting time uh i talked to emory previously about uh this kind of pilgrimage i'm on where i i'm going back and forcing myself to finish everything that i like i started and then like either got end anxiety because i didn't want it to end and then didn't finish or like just got so distracted by the side quests and stuff that it just became such a long big burden that i got like exhausted with it and just stopped playing it i still got to finish witcher 3 and i still got to finish horizon uh the forbidden wilds dlc i finished the main game you picked like two really long open world games to Uh, backlog and then these are the games i enjoy so it's it's oh no it's 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 a it's both a blessing and a curse in a way so I just got to work through it. But I finished Horizon Zero Dawn. The main game was way better than I, like, I expected it to be good. It blew me away with the world building and stuff. Especially, it, it's one of those games that really gives you more for what you put into it. So if you spend the time like reading the voice logs, listening to the voice logs, like doing the side quests, getting to know the characters, like they built a really cool, robust world. And in a game uh, about you know giant robot dinosaurs you would think oh there's no way you can make this make sense at all they succeed in a in a way i never thought possible you know they're sony's uh developing a tv series for it just like the last of us um and based on the last of us success it seems like they're doing pretty well at it and so i'm looking forward to how they adapt it because it's it really is there's a lot of material there i haven't played the sequel yet obviously and i'm still finishing up the dlc there's a lot of content there. Like there's a lot of lore you could build on a lot of it's surprising because this game came out a long time ago, but it predicts a lot of stuff that ended up happening (laughs) in like kind of the story stuff. But of course in, in their situation, they're talking like 2050, 2040, 2060, like these things happening. Uh, they happened in 2019, 2020, 2021. So, um, 
in retrospect, it's really awesome to go back and like see what the writers were talking about and see that, it, oh, some of the shit actually already happened or is currently happening. So highly recommend to anybody who skipped over it. Go play Horizon Zero Dawn. It's an awesome game. It's on PC now. It's very cheap. It's probably free if you have a PS Plus membership at uh, the higher tiers. Go play that game. It's worth your time. Uh, Frozen Wilds DLC. Usually I don't care too much about DLC, but they they proved me wrong. Uh, I I was kind of being hard on it last episode because I'm like, ah, this isn't really anything that they couldn't have just included in the main game if they wanted to give us, you know, value for our money. But it's actually way bigger than I thought it was going to be. Like, I probably put, like, 15 out. I was scrambling to try to finish it last night just so I could say I finished it. I could not. I could not finish it. Is it, like, its own section, or is it yeah, more it's a, stuff within it's the a, same? It's its own section of the map. Okay. It basically fleshes out one of the more minor tribes uh, that you only get to know a little bit in the main game called the banuk tribe they're basically it's it's not really a spoiler at this point everybody kind of knows that like hey this is in the future of our world basically the the whole setting um i won't elaborate more than that because the actual twist about it is way more fascinating than that concept in in general but they're basically where yellowstone is this tribe Mm -hmm. so like you're literally going around like a frozen yellowstone that's cool like fighting these giant robot dinosaurs and getting to know like the traditions of these tribes and like managing it and there's a lot of cool stuff they really fleshed out they put a lot of work into it it does justify the price of what it was originally although now you can get it included with the main game for pennies on the dollar so how's the open world aspect of that game because i've heard mixed things because right you got your it was like it came out during the time when assassin's creed went from linear you know story to open world and a lot of people got burnt out on that right that just like it's just a giant world it's yeah. the same copy and paste kill this collect this how is it with regards there, to like variety i'm glad you brought this up there are legitimate wow moments in the in the open world where you like you turn a corner around a mountain or you like go up a road and go over the hill and like shit changes real quick and you're like holy shit i was not ready for this i did not expect this I don't, again, I don't want to spoil too much because I want everybody that hasn't played the game to go out and get a copy and play the game, play it on your PS5, play it on your PC, whatever you got to do. If you have a PS4, go play it on PS4. You can probably get it for free if you're smart about it. Go do it. It's worth it. It genuinely is worth it. I don't know if the sequel's worth it, but I hear good things about that too. It is so, it's, it really is such a delight to like experience the world, experience the creatures. Again, it's one of those games that the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And I do genuinely mean that. It's it's very much one of those games that rewards you for exploring and trying different things and trying different styles of combat. There's a ton of weapon variety that you can take advantage of. There's a ton of you know crafting. Um, there's there's I, I like to say it's an RPG without nonsense. Like it's the RPG aspects are there just enough to give you what you you want. To, to empower your character, to become more proficient, to have the excitement of growing your character and feeling like you're actually being rewarded for the work you're putting in. But it's not so overwhelming and so customizable that it just becomes tedious. Witcher is kind of like that, where it's just so many things you can craft and fix and and maintain and level up and choose and apply your mutagens to and your runes to and all... Like... It's just too much. It's just too tedious at the end of the day. 
sometimes you just want to fucking grab the controller and play the game. Like you, you don't want to spend an hour in the menus <laughs> trying to make your yeah. guy the most optimized <clears throat> possible. It's not one of those. There are, are some dated uh, janky aspects to it that I think every open world adventure game had, especially in the mid 2010s or late 2010s. Um, you know, there's some, you know, some draw distance things that happen once in a while because it is a giant open world and you have these giant dinosaur creatures, saber tooth tigers, like super animated things. If you're playing on PS5, you're going to be at an advantage because you have a higher performance. If you're playing on a higher end PC, you're going to have a better experience because you can run it at higher frame rates. But I'm sure the PS4 was fucking cooking. The OG PS4 was cooking playing this game because a lot can happen. There's a lot of things on screen and a lot of crazy shit going on. And the scale's very big uh, at times. So um, I'm sure there's probably some stuttering and frame rates and stuff like that. Uh, I don't like that there's not a lot of cutscenes. Pr- I'm one of the people that still thinks cutscenes are necessary. I don't like when people do that live in rendering thing and the hair is like clipping through your custom outfit while your character's trying to have this like yeah, the, profound conversation with a character. The Bethesda method where it's like, actually, I'm, yeah. I have a settlement. And then there's some random to... NPC walking in the background <laughs> and like st- stuttering and shaking, <laughs> you know, just goofy. Just make cutscenes, please. If it's if it's something that's supposed to be of emotional weight, just make a cutscene. It's I, I I get it. Just just polish it up, make a cutscene. My so, face is tired. Yeah, it's and then you get that uncanny valley thing when they're trying to be like super emotional with the in-game engine and it like it breaks <laughs> because the mocap wasn't quite yeah. where it needed to be. Or it's like in a cutscene, it would be like just let them do whatever instead of just standing yeah. still. And there's a lot of things about the game like. It does uh, inclusivity and possibly the best way possible. A lot of a lot of things will beat you over the head with it and like just act treat you like a dummy. Like, by the way, this is about woman power. This is led by a female protagonist, and we're you know we're gung ho about that, and we're gonna remind you every second we every chance we get that this is you know a great inclusive product and blah 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 blah. Now this game like respects you your intelligence and like hey we got uh variety of racial representation sexual representation your lead character is female like they handle it in such a great graceful realistic way that makes sense narratively and within the context of the world they i I can't emphasize enough they nailed so many things so perfectly and I, i i have to give credit to sony studios like they they fucking nail this stuff in their in their modern games and I absolutely love it. I love uh, the Frozen Wilds. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've been playing this game for so many months now that I just need it to end <laughs> so I can move on to the next project. How long would, um, it, would you say it takes? Over 100 hours? or? Well, it dep- <clears throat> again, it just depends on how much you want to put into it. If you want to race, well, huh? yeah, race through the main story, you can probably do it in you know, under 20 hours. But if you want to really like flesh it out and get to know all the side characters and build all those relationships and learn like what really happened like why we're at this point in time and why the earth is like this now and why these big metal things are everywhere and why why this bandit group exists why this tribe exists etc etc like you gotta you gotta invest the time and it yeah you can easily get up to 100 hours plus if you really with the dlc especially if you if you were trying to so it it can be 
you know, a really long thing or it can be a really like moderately, you know, acceptable thing, but it's, it's really up to you how much you want out of it. So are you going to play the sequel? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to do it right away. Cause I, I, you know, I did this with Spider-Man. I, I still haven't played the Miles Morales expansion for it because I, I beat the main Spider-Man game, did everything I could, basically platinumed it. And then I was like, oh, I'm just exhausted. Like, I really enjoyed it, but I'm just exhausted with it. Like, I need a break. I need to do something else. And that's when I went to Horizon. <clears throat> so uh, I find I'm more successful if I don't jump right into the sequel right away and I take a break from it. And then, then I tackle the sequel, you know, a few games later. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, nice. Other than that, uh, I watched the Knives Out sequel on Netflix, oh, the, the Glass. Glass Onion. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I can see very clearly what they're doing. Like the the main character is clearly, you know, like a Elon Musk type. I haven't seen Glass Onion. I've seen Knives yeah. Out. <clears throat> I um, Knives Out is this? Wait, is it the same person who made um, Ryan Johnson? It's Ryan Johnson. Okay, I he's the do... director. Okay, if that's what you're asking. For some reason, I thought it was someone else. Though. He did the the worst Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah. It's funny because at work, everyone really likes Star Wars, and nobody, I mean, I think like one person tried to defend 7, 8, 9, and he just got <laughs> bodied. Yeah. Just bodied. I, I honestly, I like 7. I, I get that they were just basically copying the first movie. It's like it's almost so, beat for beat. And like, the, it's hard to hate because the Han Solo stuff was just like well, stupid, but I get why they had to do it. The reason 7, 8, and 9 don't feel good is because, like, and this is where it's like, I grew up on 1, 2, and 3 yeah. coming out <laughs> as I was a kid. And I love 1, 2, and 3. I recognize that it has is- they have issues. I understand 4, 5, and 6 is, like, untouchable to a lot of people. But I think 1, 2, and 3, for what the story is supposed to be, where you see the origin of what you saw previously, I think it does a really good job. I think it does what it needs to, and a lot of people have issues with it should give it a chance at least i think i should like reconsider your views like oh he acts like a teenager he's supposed to be oh there's some dumb shit it's supposed to demonstrate the flaws of the whatever but yeah seven eight and nine just feels like it's kind of like a lot of stuff nowadays where there's so many remakes remasters redo's like hey remember that thing from 20 years ago well we're gonna redo it again and you're like I would rather either you do nothing or something original and at least take a risk than yep. just a rehash that is by objectively going to be worse because you're just trying to replicate the old stuff. And not only that, with this new stuff, there's this like almost uh, arrogant nature of like, what? It's not good enough for you? You're not going to support yeah. your favorite? Like, you no. entitled fan. Yeah, it's, you have yeah. expectations. Yeah, when your yeah. franchise is 30 fucking years yes, old. Yes, I, ha- I have expectations, yes. There's people who are <laughs> who have like grandchildren who grew up on the original. Of course, they had a whole life yeah. to enjoy, appreciate, develop yeah. an interest. And now you expect that you can just come in and do whatever you want and everyone owes you the money and gratitude for, oh, they're so... Thank you for making another movie in my friend. Then don't make one. Yeah. My brother, Dan the Man Maloney, who also uh, guest hosts on the show and was previously a host on Hit the Mats podcast, our previous wrestling podcast, um, he absolutely he adores Star Wars. Like, he is probably, yeah, he's probably the biggest Star Wars geek that I know. And uh, we saw, uh, was it episode eight, the Ryan Johnson one? We saw episode eight together. And like he's like, 
I don't know how I feel. And I'm like, dude, it was bad. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I mean, they used Puppet Yoda. I'm like, they made Puppet Yoda a Nazi book burner. Like, <laughs> like he burned the, the tree of knowledge with all the yeah. books inside. Like, is that the Yoda you want? Like, They I, ruined Luke's character to the point where I don't understand how yeah. you can find that to be some kind of like When the actor is like avoiding interviews yeah. and like having to like play nice with disney because they're threatening to sue him like he's like it's a movie like okay there's that's there's probably an issue like i don't need to see you know old luke skywalker guzzling blue titty milk like that didn't need to be in the movie i I hate i hate the fact that ryan um not ryan uh adam driver driver yeah um the actor i forgive yeah um how you spell his last name he's a fantastic actor I want to say because I've yeah, seen him in other movies. Absolutely, honestly, and, I think everybody like pulled their A game as far as acting. Oh talent. yeah, the acting was great. It, it, there was no issues yeah. with like the characters. Like Harrison Ford, his death scene was probably <laughs> I mean, the only thing that was really awkward. But I, I think everything else was like. I think the excellent. dialogue was the worst because. Oh yeah, because oh. like how, you have a line, and I guess oh. spoilers. I mean, it's you don't the, want to watch. It's not worth it. Rose Rose's death scene is. Oh. There's so many scenes that, like, a lot of people... So and bad. This is what I mean, where it's like, some people will... You'll find a way to defend anything, I think, if you want to, because everybody values different things. But when it comes yeah. to, like, Adam Driver's character being immature and childish, people will defend because, oh, he's a misled kind of teenager, young adult trying to suffer. But then Hayden Christensen literally playing... A, a teenage boy who has been kind of adopted and almost like yeah. indoctrinated, depending how you want to stretch it. He didn't it. have good parents. He didn't even have... He was he born a slave. Yeah, he was born a slave. People hate episode two because their romance feels childish because it is. His whole attitudes with the... His problems with the Jedi is like rebelliousness for the sake yeah. of rebelliousness, even though it makes sense because he grew up a slave and he feels oppressed and he's... The the whole potential with him is so like it's contrived because he just has high emotions, but that's kind of the point. Like yeah. he's not just a, he's not he's very, emotionally unstable. Yeah. He's he's unstable. He's not a conforming. He's too independent to be a, a Jedi. And, yeah. and the most interesting part about Star Wars is understanding that the Jedi and Sith are not good and evil. It's like Gryffindor and Slytherin in um, Harry Potter. It's they're two sides of the same like. Use your, you know, what energy drives you to be ambitious and productive in life? Is yeah. it discipline and logic or is it passion and like your determination at all? You know, are you more, are you a code of honor kind of person or are you just, I have my own reservations, my own passions and, you know, come hell or high water, I'm going to be true to myself. Those yeah. are interesting things to explore, I think, in stories. And a lot of the modern, I think, I think there's a lot of that nuance kind of lost in especially seven, eight and nine where it's just kind of like the answer is not really ever anything. It's just like, Oh, well everybody kind of sucks and everything kind of sucks, but I guess we got to go fight the bad guys again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I, I'm not defending the, the one, two and three necessarily, but they're, they're watchable. They're not as bad as everybody wants to claim they are. The second one's really rough at times just Second just, one, just because of how it's filmed and the lines like the dialogue is really rough at times the cgi is a little it goes slow too. yeah um but i really enjoyed seven i'm like okay you know it's formulaic they're they're basically copying the first movie i see what they're doing but hey you know like it's nostalgic it's fun like they have a diverse cast that's interesting 
Uh, they made Finn. I thought Finn was probably the most interesting character at the start. And then the second movie with Ryan Johnson just like made him a side character and like sent him on a side quest to a casino for an hour for something that they didn't need in the first place because then they didn't use the thing that they went there to get. <laughs> like it was that movie was probably as bad as I've ever seen. Just period. And uh, it it soured my passion for Star Wars so much, I still have not watched a single Star Wars product since then. And my brother's been trying to get me on, like, <laughs> Mandalorian and all this stuff, and I'm sure it's great. But Ryan Johnson single-handedly ruined that franchise for me. I will say this, and this is where my girlfriend hadn't seen Star Wars until about last year, because people don't always catch up with movies and stuff. So we went yeah. through our holding watch Lord of the Rings, watch Star Wars. Um, so I just want to say something about Star Wars content. I think that it's become the same saturated issue as like Marvel has become where when you had your six movies, it was great. You had like your books, you had your games, you had a bunch of lore expansion, but you had six mainline kind of <coughs> big official productions. Mm-hmm. Now there's a bunch of TV shows, and this is where people are like excited because it's more Star Wars content. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that sometimes you don't just need content for the sake of content. Like the question of would you guys just rather not have anything is, yeah, I'd rather it just be good things that come occasionally instead of all this shovelware in a way. But yeah, I want to say you've not seen Obi-Wan, the show. Nope. Haven't seen Obi-Wan, haven't seen Mandalorian, haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, haven't seen the Andor stuff. I'm I'm sure it's great. And like it's, I'll 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 just for anyone watching who's seen Obi-Wan, I challenge you that Obi-Wan is is shit tier fan fiction levels of stupid and absurd. Even the part that people parts that people like because it's. I'm sure you know the general idea of what it is. Yeah, I know. Every, it, we've we've talked about okay. it on the show enough that I know pretty much. What I happens. don't understand why. I just want to make this point because this is Star Wars is a great example of this. Not every cool <laughs> scenario that you come up with in your head where <coughs> two characters meet and have a confrontation that you think in your um what's the term your ship or um. Imagination, imagination, headcanon, whatever. Not every one of that needs to happen. And the reason it's because a lot of these interesting creative ideas and what-if scenarios are cool as those, are cool as I'm a fan of something and I like to come up with my own, you know, what if this happened? What if Darth Vader lived after episode six or something, right? What if he came back to life? Because there's stories like that. There's people written. Yeah, there's a lot of comics. Yeah, and and that's fine. But when you have, when you try to... It's like kind of like all those like horror movie origin stories for killers. It's like, why is he such a fucked up? Like, why does Leatherface have a chainsaw? Yeah. Why does his uh, stepdad have a shotgun? Oh, it's because he killed the cop and took it. Like, yeah. you don't need to know why that happens. Yeah, they're Either... scarier because you don't know that. Yes. Yeah. Like, sometimes less is more. And yeah. Leave something to the imagination. And this obsession with like trying to make sure that it's like, we need to outdo ourselves. We need to do all the cool, what you think is cool. But then you start to realize like, a lot of the a lot of the interesting aspects of this is fans kind of like coming to their own conclusions about stuff coming yeah. to their own like this is how it must have happened yeah. right that's all i think a lot of people didn't like one two and three is because you're like you're telling me this fucking kid from tatooine is what becomes darth vader a lot of people don't like that a lot of people see the jake lloyd i think the actor's name was they see that kid they're like that's not fucking darth vader are you kidding me yeah and even then, it's like, well, they want to tell the, the whole point is to tell a story from back to front, back or backwards, that yeah. way. Yeah, but no 
sometimes you don't need that. And I think that we've reached that point with Star Wars. I think we've reached that point with comics where not every side adventure needs to be a two and a half hour movie with a budget bigger than the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, doing cocaine comics. Are you listening? <laughs> no, we, we don't need a $400 million uh, Aquaman 2 with Amber Heard forcefully removed. We, ju- we just don't. CGI and elephants and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, the running joke is we need a fat bat Ben Affleck like under <laughs> underwater, but like have all the lines the same. So he's like all romantic and stuff, and it's like a poorly cropped Ben Affleck just like <laughs> in her place. So yeah, uh, it's it's rough, and you're you're completely right. We're getting too far into the let's explain every little single thing about our favorite universes, yeah, because we can keep exploiting cash out of our fan base for it, you know. And, you know, some people want to know certain things, which is, you know, fine. You know, it's but some of the discussion about it is like half the fun, the mystique. You know, where where's the mystique? It's most of it, I would argue, right? Because, yeah, the interesting thing, imagine like back whether it's, you know, with coworkers during lunch or with in middle school during lunch, you're like your kind of own theories of like, here's what I think happened. Here's why I think that is. Yeah. A lot of it, it gets lost where we're, I think, in, we're in the age of Reddit. Like, why why wouldn't you want yeah, more mystique? Yeah. Like, let people talk about it. I think the other issue, and this is might be an age kind of thing. Maybe it's just the tech, uh, the digital age kind of we live in. I don't think a lot of movies and shows have room to breathe with how much content is produced so quickly and how quickly it becomes trendy and then immediately irrelevant. Because you get, like, again, Star Wars, you had... And I'm pretty sure Star Wars 1 was like 1979 or something, right? Then yeah. Episode 2 was like three or four years later, right? Or 70, I don't, I don't I remember don't the know. years. But like they were remember. years apart. You had time yeah. to really process stuff. And I know they still kind of do it, but you don't get that level of like... You got all... Again, there's a thing that like teasers and trailers and all this like behind the scenes where it's like you're not really... You're not spent... <laughs> Think you know you don't spend time thinking and theorizing and being a fan with your friends about something. Yeah, you're spent you spend more time consuming something as quickly as possible in these bulk amounts, binging it or what have you, and then it just kind of gets like, oh, it wasn't very good. And the worst possible thing you could do is what either, there's two worst possible things. You can either make it mediocre so people don't care at all because it's like yeah, it's it's an offensive. You're, not, you're never gonna no one's gonna give a shit in twenty years, or you do what Game of Thrones did. Where you start off as groundbreaking, amazing show and end on such a level to where most people don't even want to start and watch the first half because yeah. the ending is not worth it. Yeah. That is so tragic. Yeah. But that's I mean, what happens. We got to avoid Game of Thrones because <laughs> every week we end up talking about Game of Thrones at some point and how frustrating it is that they finished that show before George R. R. Martin finished the fucking books. He still had two books to go, and he's making he's making Elden Ring. He's making all these like encyclopedias, doing all the side projects. He's he making a pre, he um, made a prequel book yeah. that is now a TV show, like which is okay, I guess. Could you just finish the fucking book series? Like, could you could you make an ending, please, before you die? Like, he's super <laughs> old. He's super out of shape. Like. That dude is not going to live to 100. He's not, he doesn't have that much time left unless something dramatic happens with his health. Like, this dude needs to fucking crank out these books. Well, that's, <laughs> like, finish the books. I guess to end the rant on a more philosophical <coughs> Fuck Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, let's just end it there. I do have... I, I just, I just want to I want to make a profound statement to like leave people with something to think about, at least. In 20 years... 
whether when you have kids or they your kids have kids, depending on how old you are, whatever. Will that movie slash show slash video game slash comic anything, will that piece of art, because I think that it's a product, but it's art. It's emotive of emotion. Will that be relevant or interesting or valuable enough for you to share it with them? And will it be possible for them to appreciate it? If the answer is no, think about why and why what we just discussed with like longevity, shovelware and all that. Because that's my biggest issue with it is that there's some movies like you got like, you know, Terminators in the Library of Congress, Indiana Jones, in the library. Those movies are being preserved because clearly they had a societal impact. People like them. Yeah. In 20, 30 years, no one is going to give a fuck about Game of Thrones. And that's tragic, given at least the first four seasons and the first five books. Yeah, for sure. You bring up great points. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show because, uh, quite frankly, <laughs> like you, you seem to have more similar opinions to me than <laughs> Emery and Nick Marlatt. So, hey, passion. Yeah, reinforcing. We get, we get angry when you fuck with the shit we like. Who knew? <laughs> um. Other than uh, back to the original topic, which uh, I forgot about, <laughs> uh, Glass Onion on Netflix. Uh, it's good. I the I had the same problem with the Knives Out movie. Like you know, you know who did it. Like it's pretty obvious. Like who's the character that's the most deplorable? That's probably the person that did it. Like every situation, and then he has some, some big uh, over the top you know revelation at the end i did i think i probably enjoyed this one more than the first one just because of the kind of like commentary on real life that's kind of included in it there's a lot of you know it's just he's basically an analogy for elon musk as the main character that's inviting all this eccentric billionaire tech person that's inviting all his influencer friends to this island there's you know this washed actress that says stupid you know silly shit you know like controversial shit she's basically kanye west (laughs) there's like a a joe rogan analogy who's played by dave batista and he's basically (laughs) he's basically the super bro you know uh, smoking a joint he has like listen yeah and he has he has a whole channel on twitch where he's talking about like brodom and like being a man and like he's he's basically like a, a caricature of joe rogan like all, all of the characters are, are there's a politician that's very clearly an analogy for a real politician like all of these people at the island are just analogies to real life people and it's it's great satire and that way i like it but the story itself is predictable is it, is it really preachy in that sense is it like look no. these are bad people you shouldn't like these or is it no enough it to... doesn't it, it does like at the end it does give some redemption to each of the characters in a little bit of a way but no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like beating your head over, beating you over the head with it. It's 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 very much comical. I would say it's it's kind of like Don't Look Up. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. Oh my god, I'm a little behind on movies. Oh, if you have Netflix, if you don't, let me know. I have Netflix. I'll get you hooked up. But <laughs> yeah, uh, Don't Look Up is so painfully great as a comedy. What's Don't Look Up about? Uh, well, uh, it's about Elevator our person. society. It's a very caricature. Live in a society. Ver- yeah, <laughs> it's very caricature. It's it's a modern idiocracy. Have you seen I like idiocracy? idiocracy? A lot. It's so, it's okay. it's that without the dildo cars. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, hey, without the dildo cards. Yeah, like it's that. a more grounded version of Idiocracy. It's basically a situation that's very much analogous to situations we as a society have found ourselves in. Uh, this um, uh, graduate student discovers an asteroid that's on track to hit Earth in a certain amount of time, and she brings it to her professor. They identify, oh, yeah, she's right. Oh, fuck. We got to, like, tell somebody. And so they, they go and talk to the government. Go- government confirms it, and then they go to the president, and that's when, like, the shit starts. And it just get, it's 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 painful to watch because of how on point it is and it's not it's not beating you over the head with it it's just like putting it in your face in your lap like hey you you know you've seen this you know that some of this is kind of true and would probably happen and uh, i highly i don't want to spoil anything because i it's one of those movies that uh, like had me literally crying laughing because of how painful and hilarious it was uh, I highly recommend it. Star-studded cast from top to bottom. I mean, okay. they, they got everybody. They got Leo DiCaprio. They got, you know. Um, what year is it? I think it came out last year. Okay. So it's so not it's not too don't old. Don't look up 2022. Homework for you and me. Yes. Watch on Netflix. It's amazing. It's hilarious and super painful. Emery and I fucking love it. Like, I don't know if Nick Marlott's seen it yet, but, oh, my God. Oh, if you, if you want satire... I love satire. Then that's <laughs> that's the perfect movie for a modern audience. Um, and beyond that, I watched a few comedy specials. Uh, I watched one of uh, Tom Segura's comedy specials. Just a side note, I didn't realize he was from Ohio. He's from Cincinnati. <laughs> I had no idea. You know who else is from Ohio? Who? Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. Well, <laughs> we don't need to say that too loudly. Yeah. He's from Shaker Heights. Oh, really? Cleveland. Oh, uh, which is there's not... a lot of dudes from there's a lot of wrestlers from Cleveland too, like the Miz. Okay, you know the Paul brothers. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we had a comment about Drew the Carey. Paul brothers. We got Drew Carey. There we go. D and D game. That's wholesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of a lot of great people and uh, questionable people. Is that why from people Ohio? don't like Ohio? There's that whole meme where it's like, at least it's not Ohio. It's like we live here and we're fine. I well, guess, I'm gonna tell you, I I lived in New York. I lived in Illinois. I lived in Michigan. And quite frankly, other than upstate New York, this is probably this. There's a reason I came back to Ohio. So fuck you all. If you don't like Ohio, you need to get out. We're no. holding down the fort. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, there's good things and bad things about it. It's very flat. Like if you want to go see mountains, go somewhere else. But go to Colorado. Yeah, but hey, we don't have to deal with like you know grizzly bears or rattlesnakes too often. So you know, that's nice. The worst I get is centipedes in my apartment. Yeah, you don't have uh, black widow spiders. You don't have yeah, no. <laughs> alligators eating your kids at the golf course. Like it's it's pretty nice, you know. Not a lot, will, not a lot will kill you. It may be diabetes, but that's about it. There is a lot of diabetes. In There's there. a lot of diabetes. Yeah. All right, moving into the news. Uh, diabetes strikes again. As always, we're going to separate this into timestamp sections, a movies and TV portion, a video game portion, a comic book portion, a tech portion. So if you uh, want to skip any sections, if you look down in the description, you can find those timestamps. So definitely take use uh, uh, or make use of that, rather. And uh, let me know if there's anything else you would like me to do to improve the show. All right, first section will be movies and TV. Uh, First bit of news, a Tomb Raider TV series is currently being written for Amazon Prime. This is one of many video game TV projects that uh, continue to come out. 
What do you think about that? Um, <clears throat> well, we had a Tomb Raider movie in what, 2005? Well, and that's kind of it. There was right? the there's the Angelina Jolie yeah, and Tomb Raider movies. Is and there then, anything else? Then there was a reboot movie that was based on the reboot video games. And what it, was that? 2019, 2018, somewhere around there. Jeez, okay, just like uh, you, COVID has fucked everything. See, your reaction, 2020 and 2022 is like yeah. Your re- your reaction is probably what the audience reaction was. Oh, there it it exists. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't get published very well. It didn't. I don't think it got reviewed very well. Nobody saw it. You know, but it it exists. If you I want mean, to go see it, like the problem too is like two. So you have Tomb Raider is basically female Indiana Jones. And I think we're getting another one of those. Um, and we have Uncharted on top of that. We have Uncharted, which yeah. is Tomb Raider with a guy. It's like kind of weird because you went from, you know, Harrison yeah. Ford to Laura Croft to Nathan Drake. Drake. Yep. Like, I, I, I understand it's an interesting genre, you know, like exploring ruins and stuff. But, like, I think the problem is, like, how do you... My question would be, how do you make a movie out of that? How do you make that interesting? It's like, oh, there's a cave. Oh, there's, like aliens dinosaurs like what are yeah, we doing i mean it's just a dumb fun movie it's like national treasure like no one... okay national no... treasure is only good because you nicholas cage <laughs> especially in the second where he's like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna kill the president of the united states yeah did, <laughs> did you did, did you see the trailer for his new uh vampire movie where he's nicholas uh cage he, he's, he's in a vampire he's, movie yeah he's playing uh count dracula I gotta fucking see uh, that. I haven't seen the yeah, trailer. I can't remember what it's called. I, it, I think it's the name of his servant, who the name escapes me right now. Um, Alucard. No, not Alucard. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his servant's name. It's not Igor. Fuck is his name? Oh, well, who cares? Uh, go watch that trailer. It's hilarious. Okay. That's, yeah, it's, I want, I'll it, watch anything with Nicolas Cage. It's very much it, like a tongue-in-cheek kind of comedy role, it seems. And it, it looks awesome. I'm totally down for it. I'm totally down for Nick Cage movies in general. Like, I get a lot of them are bad, are real bad, but even the bad ones I still enjoy a little bit. 8mm is, like, the most, I think, serious one he's ever been in, would you say? Uh, Yeah, maybe, yeah. The most, like, like subject matter that's genuinely kind of, like, depressing. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Joaquin Phoenix is also in that one. Mm -hmm. But um, 8mm is really good. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's like 1999, I think. But um, The man's won an Oscar for a reason. So he's he's not a schlub. He just takes way too many bad roles. (laughs) Poorly written roles. He makes it fun, which is the point of movies. So Yeah, shout out to Nick Cage. But no, Tomb Raider sounds just... I don't understand, like, the goal, I guess. Like, is it just a summer blockbuster? Like, are you trying to recreate the mummy? What are you trying to do? Yeah, there's not, like, a deep lore like even even uncharted has like some lore with the character and his family and like his relationship with sully and his relationship with his wife and like his relationship with his brother in the fourth game like there's something there with laura it's like uh i got a butler i guess like and you know i go and destroy tombs and kill native people how do you make especially when i'm hot right like this, the, i was gonna say like, like for modern movies they try to be super progressive to most almost like an obnoxious extent like how do you do that with like laura croft of all yeah people? i mean they did it okay with like the modernization like the rebooted video games but um, that's because 
but again, she's just game. she's just it's... she's destroying ancient temples and like shooting native peoples in the face with arrows. Like, <laughs> like at the at the core, Which... it's it's still not that great. <laughs> like, uh, there's some. I mean, they're fun games, and that's what they need to be. So, uh, to your point, I I I think this would be better off as a like a rebooted movie series because. You can go to a movie, eat some popcorn, have some dumb fun in two hours, and you don't think a second time about right. it. If you're doing a TV series, like you have to sustain interest with like character development and deep dialogue and like character interactions, which the Tomb Raider doesn't really have. The best TV shows, whether it's I'm a big X Files fan, like anything from X Files, Game of Thrones, like we mentioned, even like you know stand up comedy like Seinfeld, no stand up, yeah. like any from comedic to dramatic to tragic shakespeare um the most good tv shows are largely character driven absolutely and yeah. i don't think tomb raider is very that's why last of us character. works so well right that's what I, I haven't seen it yet i really want to have you played the games i know or at least the first game i've played some of the first game i know the storyline generally i didn't have a yeah. playstation when they first came out but i want to i want to play them i'm very interested in the i like oh, zombies dude. so do you have a ps5 by chance no ps5 i have ps4 i have both okay. games i just um well you can probably still play it if you have like uh the higher tiers of playstation plus like either the middle tier or the top oh no tier. i have oh both you have games game. on, like i just <clears throat> I, they're just in shrink wrap dude, still cause... just put it on the easiest setting and just blow through it <laughs> like second game Okay, I you, just you can play it. You don't have to. No but. spoilers, because but the second game, I don't know the full story. I know what it's it very does divisive. Have. I really like the whole halfway through you go to see the other perspective. I think I don't know anything about it except that it does that, and that's I love when movies do shit like that or games do anything like <clears throat> that unique perspective shift where it's like, oh, you thought you were gonna be like doing this, like no, we're gonna completely <clears throat> subvert your expectations in a good way for that. So, but. I guess maybe next time yeah. it's divisive. Um, yeah, you don't have to play it necessarily, but uh, like if you want to like compare and contrast the, this first season of HBO Max's Last of Us, I hear it's really good. Play the video one. game, please. I beg anybody out there that's watching the show and enjoying it. I'm t- please, I'm begging you, put it on the easiest setting or watch somebody play through it. Just blaze through that game and get the context for the the show because it it'll make that show even better for you. It'll it, it'll enhance it. I have a question for you. How I really like the first few seasons of Walking Dead. How does it compare in terms of that whole humanity struggle? Aspect? Way oh way better. Way better? Yeah. Okay. I've read I've read the whole run of Walking Dead. I've watched probably 6 seasons of the show. I don't even know where we're at now. It's still it's going. It's still going. Yeah. It it's they should have ended it a long time ago, but um and, and i i enjoy the walking dead a lot generally speaking but yeah last of us blows it out of the water it's not even it's not even close in, in my opinion you know i'm sure there's aspects of it that's that you could compare but i i think last of us is just it's last of us is so much more grounded in reality i think which is funny to say when you're talking about these parasitic right. you know fungi taking over people's bodies but like it re- the character well, development it's... the way people just are handled like you know you don't have some superhero character just like coming in to save the day like well that's what if bad shit's gonna happen it's gonna happen that's why zombies are so interesting because it's essentially sci-fi right most sci-fi is like that it makes you it challenges the human condition in a very extreme circumstance whether it's zombies or aliens what's crazy is it's based on like a real fungus that exists and literally takes over like ants and small insects and stuff and basically 
like controls their brain and makes them go to places where they can spread more spores and then it kills them and explodes them yeah and that spoilers again there's types of zombies for lack of a better term clickers that basically bloat and explode and spread spores everywhere that's like the most mature version of the infection you know it's just a parasite um so yeah highly recommend go go play the game put it on easy mode if you don't want to like you know sit with it for a long time just blaze through it don't don't do the side stuff there's not a lot of side stuff anyway it's mostly just like a very you know this is where you got to go. These are the people you got to talk to. It's not like some big open world that takes hours and hours and hours. You can probably beat it in less than 10 hours if you really are just quick and easy with it. So Getting lots of homework on this. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. I'm here to help you. Don't see this as homework. That's a that's a okay. bad word. This this is something you, you will enjoy. That's, that's what I'm telling you. Enhance your audience. understanding of the arts. All right. Well, famously, <laughs> I have had a lot of quarrels with... Uh, Warner Brothers, DC, and now Warner Brothers Discovery, the combined unit. Um, however, I am very much approving of a lot of what James Gunn has done since he took over. Him and Peter Safran, I think, deserve a lot of credit because they're getting a lot of kind of hate for basically saying, all right, we're, we're done playing this game, will we, won't we, with the Snyderverse. We're just going to release these last few movies and then we're moving on. And I fucking love that because I've been begging for that for t- t- 10 years. And uh, we wasted an entire generation and probably hurt the brand a lot with a lot of the Snyderverse stuff. Not all of it. Some of it was good. I, lo- I-, I love Shazam. You know, there's some redeeming qualities to Batman v Superman, but not a lot. You know, um, but that's uh, there's not much past that. Suicide, the-, the Suicide Squad, which is the second one that was done by James Gunn, is uh, outstanding. Like, it's it's easily the best of the dc eu movies from the snyderverse but uh the original suicide squad is probably one of the worst movies of all time <laughs> so bad in fact that i refused to watch it because it won an oscar and had a great trailer and i told emery hey that's an oscar award-winning film and uh, i'm not gonna let you ruin my illusion and then he bought it for me for christmas so i had to watch it out of friendship obligation I made it 30 minutes into the original Suicide Squad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's insanely bad. It's written... This is something... This is an interesting technique I've kind of... The past few years I've used to judge whether a movie is well written or not. Because you have to understand <laughs> that a movie... You know how, like... D&D is a good example of this. When you write dialogue or a story, right? Have you ever, like, written a story or a... Yeah. Like, yeah. You... you there's a lot of drafts that things go through, right? Your first mm-hmm. draft of how someone may talk will go through changes. You'll be like, that's cringy. That's not concise. That's awkward. That's too short. That's too long. Yeah. These movies, like, if you're trying to give them, like, oh, well, at least it's not. No. Peep, the bulk of talent in terms of actors, writers, producers, directors, there is no fucking excuse for some of the bullshit that gets put out for his <laughs> movies nowadays. The amount of money people get paid yeah. to make something that is... You as like, if you're 15 and ever taken an English literature class, you could go, this is poor storytelling. This is not well-versed. These scenes don't weave into each other. The mm-hmm. narrative is not balanced. And good. like, yeah. when you can do that with, uh, how many millions of like invest in these movies? Like 40 to 50 uh, million? Well, the movies pro- are really expensive. That's one of the pro- reasons why Warner Brothers was near bankruptcy is because they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these CGI shit fests and 
not getting enough, nearly enough. It's it's that... what happened with Transformers <clears throat> in like the two thousands, where like you had movies that were painfully badly written, yeah. but the robots beating the shit out of each other looked so good, and you're like, well, I guess some people are like, and, and that's enough for some people, and I guess you know what, if you're that yeah. kind of person, I can't convince you to have higher standards if that's what you like. I'm hey, sure. Beast Wars is coming. They're still doing it, but. <laughs> my, my point is if all you have to do to get better movies is one don't support shit and don't pay for the movie ticket yeah vote with your wallet vote with your as wallet. much as you can i know and, it's hard when you want to stay relevant but. and two with like a lot of this stuff like it's very easy for people on social media where they're like oh you know you just don't like it because of the politics or the gender or whatever it's like no make it clear that the writing is awful and we don't support this be be an adult about yeah, this. Kind don't of be shit. an entitled fan. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. an entitled. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It's like it's. I said it's art earlier, but it's both art and a product, and it's 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 there to make money. If you yeah. don't pay for it, they're not going to make any. Hey, there's a lot of so. art art that I don't like. There's a lot of <laughs> art art that is a masterpiece and like everybody universally appreciates, but not everybody likes it. It's, pick your poison. So there's a renaissance in summary happening with Marvel currently. Or is it well, or DC? DC sorry. <clears throat> uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, and that we're resetting, and that James Gunn has a proven track record of making great superhero movies with Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, with the Suicide Squad, with the Peacemaker season one, which is hilarious, and I'm I'm so thankful that the, he's doing season two because a lot of people were worried they weren't going to do it with the whole reset, but uh, <clears throat> uh, we're we're going to outline it in the news here, but unfortunately just because they've already made the movies and they've already spent all the money. They already canceled one Batgirl that was supposed to be an HBO Max exclusive movie, but it was reportedly so terrible that they they, they publicly stated that it would hurt the brand if we released this film. Is that the one with the red hair Batgirl where her hair for some reason is uh, outside of her mask or is that something You're else? you're talking about Batwoman probably the the that CW was, show. Yeah, that was Yeah fucking horrible with ruby rose and then yes. they had to replace ruby rose because she's like this is bad i'm not doing season two <laughs> that was a pile of shit this is something yeah. different yeah this is it was batgirl that oh like uh, with the the modern comic book like goofy purple yellow costume but um apparently and it, unfortunately it starred brendan fraser too who i love so it, it sucks that he was in a bad film but thankfully, we'll never see it. So we, he, his career's not ruined he's got, again. He's got the whale, which is supposed to I, top of the list yeah. for me right now. I think he won the Oscar for it, right? It's yeah, it's supposed or to be really good. He's, they think he's going to. He won a Golden Globe or something for it. But um, unfortunately, we we still got to work through these last few movies that they already filmed, already spent all this money on. They had to delay a lot of them specifically because they had to make they're making universe changes. Ezra Miller, the the Flash actor, keeps getting arrested because at one point he had a like a weird cult going on. He broke into somebody's house and stole their like thousand dollar bottles of wine. Uh, he was like uh, taking an AR uh, fifteen and like threatening a bunch of people, wearing body armor in public, and like like threatening to shoot people and saying crazy shit, like <laughs> having mental health problems. He was saying that like there was gonna be. He was gonna like give birth to like some Native American revolutionary. Like that's... personally, uh, like like or... I don't. <laughs> he, he didn't. I'm sure he didn't elaborate very well, but uh, just all sorts of crazy shit. He's been in and out of trouble. He keeps saying he's gonna get help, and DC keeps making him have a public apology tour to save this movie, The Flash. 
that was supposed to be like the relaunch <laughs> of the DCEU. You need the tour for me. Like, listen, guys, please go watch this movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go to New York. It's like I'm a, sorry. Go to Columbia. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah, Which Batgirl was like a $60 million investment. This is like a 200 plus, $250 million blockbuster oh, that was supposed to be like the cornerstone of the future of the DCEU. So uh wow. ezra miller who is terrible by the way i do not like him as the flash at all he's possibly the worst flash i've ever seen it representative and it's it's not even close but all that being said apparently this movie is so great that they are just doing everything they can to save it and like modify it so it makes sense for the future and apparently it still will be the reset button for the dceu because if you're if you're familiar with Flashpoint, the the Flash story where basically it's like a crisis event and it like rebooted the whole universe for the comic mm-hmm. book series because he uses the time force to like change things in the past to you know like try to save his mom and it launches all these different alternative realities and causes all co- sorts of chaos and all bunch of crazy shit. Um, <clears throat> uh, they're going that route probably. Uh, we saw some promotional teasers uh, for it. Apparently, there's going to be a trailer during the Super Bowl uh, for the movie. It's coming in June, um, and it shows Michael Keaton Batman. So, at some point, he's going to go into that version of the DC Universe, Listen, which which will be cool to see Michael Keaton the, again. Um, Tim Burton-y, more edgy. Kinda. Yeah. No, that's... I like. I think the problem, I think, with a lot of the Marvel stuff is that it becomes really samey in a way right when you make yeah. a extended universe formulaic yeah like it's like robert downey jr is no longer robert downey jr he's fucking tony stark right like yeah. and i think that what i liked when we had like you know 1989 90 batman was like it was first it was what michael keaton then it was val kilmer, val kilmer for, yep. then it was george fucking clooney Ugh. love which, you george but that was that was, that was not a was i don't not... think he puts that on his resume no um but then you had like i think opportunities for different superheroes to be played by different actors and have different completely so I, I really like the joker movie for that reason is that yeah, it has great. almost nothing to do with you know joker and do you know about the sequel they're making a sequel yes they're they're making a cash grab sequel joker 2 called folia do and it's according to rumors it's a musical with harley quinn being played by lady gaga no i'm not joking Yes, this is real. They're going to ruin a great thing. But the whole point, like, the Joker is... The, the, jo- sh- the shock in your face no, is because so funny The to me movie right now. Joker was about... It's a movie about mental health. <laughs> hey, you can, you can be like, insane and in a musical at the no, same but, time. Like, like, the, the, a musical implies, like, <laughs> jovialness and, like... Yeah. Uh, happy go lucky I mean, like most musicals are not like yes. you want to think of it as like shakespeare is like the ultimate guy who set the uh-huh. framework for drama most musicals are not fucking tragedies joker is very much a tragedy joker is not supposed to be a happy go lucky feel good movie it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a movie that although maybe a little bit edgy at times it's supposed to be like um if you ever seen falling down with um yeah. what's his face michael douglas i think yeah uh it's supposed to be a more I think it does a better job. I have a friend who disagrees. But I think it does a good job portraying a very intense, realistic situation given a character. And that's where it's, like, interesting. Like, the Punisher – I mean, I guess all the kind of became like that. But, like, the Punisher, when it first came out, 
you know, it's like you have your Frank Castle who's just a badass, like, uh, you know, I'm going to kill people who are bad and rapists or whatever. And then you have the fact that the Punisher is literally someone who's a traumatic, wounded person struggling with the fact that they live this lifestyle, that they lived that lifestyle. And it bleeds into them attempting to live a normal life. Those are interesting, again, because they're character-driven and they relate to the human condition. Making a fucking musical out of Joker... Sounds like the most tone deaf thing you could do given the original movie. Like, <laughs> see, it, now you're starting to why? understand why we call it doing cocaine comics because this is what they do. They ruin a good thing because they just can't help themselves. You know what they can't ruin though? Batman Beyond. I fucking love Batman Beyond don't, and they can't touch it. Don't say that. Cuz you they'll, cannot. They'll find a way. Don't say that. What's his name? To, uh, Toby McGinn, uh Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Do yeah. not fuck with that. Batman Beyond <laughs> is like one of my favorite fucking Batman anything things. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. Go If you have never seen Batman Beyond, well, watch Bat- ben, uh, Batman Beyond and Batman. I think it's two movies, right? It's Batman Beyond and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I, I know I know about Return of the Joker. I don't know if there's another one. I forget if it was two. Anyway. They, they had a Justice League special, which was actually the maybe finale. That's what I'm, maybe that's Justice what I'm League Unlimited, of. which was and it was one episode that was basically the finale for the series. I think that's what I'm thinking of yeah. as a movie, though. But yeah, go watch Batman Beyond. It's phenomenal. It is a cyberpunk, futuristic take on Batman with, like, where Batman's oldest shit, and it's a younger guy who's, like, his successor. And it makes the most awesome transition of yeah batman was cool and all but yeah. he had some flaws and it yeah. highlights them in a very organic mature for a cartoon very mature very serious like intense subject matter yeah I, how do you ruin joker like they caught lightning right. in a bottle and, you're anyway I, i'm glad i'm glad anyway, we're on the same page here okay i, I okay. agree with you we've ranted DC, about this a million times on the show dc is <laughs> getting a renaissance things are going good reset <laughs> button thanos finger yep. tony stark finger set whatever now it's worth noting that james gunn has largely said he's very much hands off on uh the joker stuff and on the Batman, the Matt Reeves version of Batman. <laughs> what if we have two party fouls on this show? This is the most chaotic fucking show as far as our eating and drinking on here. Uh, apologies, folks. If you're watching the YouTube channel, we're just making a fucking mess all over this table with our beers. Kind uh, of like they're making a mess of your your guys' favorite movies for all you who grew up on this show. Yes, yes, yes. Because we're entitled fans. And that's what How we do. dare we? I know. Um, but unfortunately, they, they, they still got to release this movie. They still got to do the Aquaman 2, which is significantly delayed because they have to remove Hamber Heard and somehow make the edits make sense. Um, they still have the Blue Beetle movie uh, coming up, which should be, by all intents and purposes, a good movie. But it, it'll be completely disconnected from this, this new DC universe. It's It's just the last little holdover from the Snyderverse. There's the Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods coming in March next month, um, which I'm looking forward to, but again, be totally disconnected. It's always been a separate kind of separate thing. They wanted to tie it in, and then like The Rock was like, I don't have any interest in having Black Adam go up against Shazam, even though that's his fucking character. Uh, he, would, he just wants to go up against Superman, but that's not happening now either, because The Rock pissed off uh, Warner Brothers, apparently. And his movie also didn't do very well. So there's that. But uh, James Gunn released a, a video 
that was really cool. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he, he gives a lot of great news and insight and kind of gives like what his the basis of these movies is going to be. He's using a lot of Grant Morrison uh, comic runs for DC Comics. Grant Morrison's very he has very eccentric takes on stuff sometimes. Um, however, he he's universally accepted as like a great writer has has great stories great interpretations of characters uh you know he goes off the hinges a little bit and goes a little bit goofy and crazy with uh some things and his elseworld comics especially um but he's he, it's great source material to pull from if you're trying to make something different something new something people fans haven't seen yet um <clears throat> he explained that uh the, there's going to be basically two phases to this new endeavor um the first uh main function is basically wrap up the Snyderverse and then any other kind of side projects that are being produced by uh other makers those will be officially labeled DC Elseworlds going forward instead of the DCEU which was the kind of the Snyderverse analog how, how fucked do you have to get your franchise to where you start like <clears throat> categorizing as that's the yep. other thing that, that we make not the good mainline buy this please doing cocaine comics led by warner brothers discovery (laughs) i hope you comic book fans who like these movies have a lot of expendable income to go to the theater every fucking month i really i I would really recommend you don't support a lot of these movies but in projects but we'll see (laughs) some some are from good source material some are apparently very good according to the people resetting this universe so who knows but they all, it's also their job to sell this shit. So you also got to take it with a grain of salt. So like I said, first up, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. It's coming March 2023. The Flash will be coming in June of 2023. This will apparently be the reset button for the DC Universe that explains how we're going to get into the future of the DCU. There's the Lingering Blue Beetle movie, which will be its own uh, individual thing, which I'm looking forward to. Um there will be the the Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is Aquaman two, um, which again is probably going to be rough. It's probably going to be a really rough re-edit. Um, there's Joker two, Fully Ado, the rumored musical sequel starring Lady Gaga uh, as Harley Quinn. Fuck all of you. <laughs> there's Matt Reeves, the Batman two, which Emery and I are are not particularly fans of, but Wait, a lot of people like is it. Is that a sequel to the um, the Batman? Okay, with Twilight Should Boy. We, are we able to take a pause here about to talk about the Batman? We can. I fucking hate it. Oh, thank God, because <laughs> I okay. Emer, Emery and I also fucking hate it because the entire movie is about how this fucking rich spoiled asshole doesn't have any self-restraint and presses every button and types in every keyword that the riddler asks him to and kills everybody in the movie like literally no one in the movie died except for it without his influence you're okay (laughs) i want to preface this because um robert pattinson is a fantastic actor i will say that there's been some really good movies with them. I hate Lighthouse as a movie. I know that's going to piss off a lot of people. I really didn't care for it, but I think his acting was amazing in it. Robert Pattinson can do so much better than what he did with the oh, Batman. Oh yeah. Like a lot of people typecast him as, you know, uh, Edward or even in Harry Potter he did a fucking better job as Cedric Diggory. But my point with with Batman, 
and this is where a lot of people kind of went in where it's like your expectations or, you know, oh, you know, I, I was just entertained. I was whatever. There's two things I want to bring up with Batman. Number one, the characterization was completely fucking flat. Like Bat, uh, Catwoman was essentially Batgirl because Catwoman was this like I'm a, it's like this tender and like kind of reserved but like there for that that's yeah. not fucking Catwoman. Catwoman is supposed to be selfish, elusive, very true neutral character. That that pissed me off the whole time. I was like, "Oh, you know, you like you didn't read the comics." No, that's literally how she's in every comic and book you will. Her characterization was horrible. The characterization of Penguin was stupid. Um, well, I like how they used all the the <laughs> the props and makeup to make that actor look yeah. like oh, an- yeah. another actor that already exists. Listen, you had Danny DeVito <laughs> as the Penguin in what, 1990? And whatever, 92. whenever Batman Returns comes out. 92, I think, yeah. 92. You had that. That was in itself kind of a stretch, but it was fun. Like, it was, like, yeah. interesting. And then you had, you know. It made uh, sense in the context. It made sense. The, the, my problem, okay, I'm fuck That's all the small shit. <laughs> the Batman <laughs> fails <laughs> on a fundamental level of portraying the attempt at showing this is the younger batman right he's still struggling with his like powers his, his, you know the responsibility yeah. the levity of what he has to deal with and number one like the, the, the imagery is attempting to show him as like you know there's that scene where he's like bearing the torch and getting everyone out everyone yeah. loves that it's like oh it's an image he's the torch bearer and he has to come to the fact that him the reason he doesn't kill is because like you know he, he goes to that henchman and he's like oh yeah you know it's like who cares right it's like supposed to see the fact that he needs to have reservation because otherwise his um, example will influence other people to do poorly. So he has to lead by example, despite how yeah. difficult it is. And it's a responsibility. None of that is bad as an idea or a theme, you know, just like you yeah. would study in literature, but from a completely like characterization standpoint and from a storyline standpoint, it doesn't show growth in any organic way. It's a lot of preachy bullshit that has nothing to do with anything. And not only that, you have a story about the Riddler, which I don't – I would not put the Riddler as, like, the changing cornerstone of Batman, right? Like, I would argue that the Joker would much of – and I know they have that set up with the fucking other character. Yeah. But, yeah. but you have the Riddler as, like, the uh, – what's his name? Enigma? Norman and uh, – what's uh, Edward Enigma? Edward Enigma, yep. Like yeah. – Edward Enigma. Edward Enigma. You have this character who – is such a stupid character, poorly written character, in my opinion. You have this characterization where it's like this is the character that change that has the change of heart in Batman, that causes him to become a lot more of the reserved, quiet, stoic, uh, yeah. you know, fighter. Like no, and like I'm I'm really entertained by your uh, issues with the movie because <laughs> it, it's totally different than what. Emery and I hate about the movie. My issues are entirely thematic. My issues are like the goal of this movie is to demonstrate the growth of Batman from yeah. from like a young vigilante to why is he why does he have this you know uh, moral code and compass? Yeah, and it doesn't fucking do any of that. It just throws a bunch of bullshit like values and virtues in your face. It's like oh look, bad things yeah. happen when you do bad things. It's, it's and, definitely like Man of Steel in that regard, where it's yeah. there's a bunch of like symbolism both visually. And, like, thematically, that just isn't executed very well. There's no substance behind it. Yeah. It's just a lot of, like, this looks good. Wouldn't this be an interesting connection? Like, I not... agree. Yeah. 
Uh, but it's funny that you you're saying all these things because the the biggest problems Emery and I had with it was just the plot, like the the plot oh. it is is retarded. Like uh, <laughs> I know that's not PC anymore, but it's retarded. No, it's, it is. It's really dumb. Everything in that movie could have been prevented if Batman had one ounce of self restraint. All he had to do oh, yeah. is not do what the Riddler asked him to do. In fact, the movie is so self-aware of that fact that Batman is completely incompetent and leads to the death of all of these people in the movie uh, that at the end of the movie, the Riddler literally thinks he's on his side and that he's working with him. He accuses Batman of being his partner until Batman rages out and slams the glass and emphasizes that he's nothing like you. Because he's doing literally everything that he asked Batman to do. He brought the guy out in the daylight so he could snipe him. He gave he entered every single clue and password into every computer interface. If he had just not done that, wouldn't have activated any of the traps or killed any of the people, wouldn't have flooded the city. All he, and again, this dude is supposed to be the greatest detective of all time. And you know what? He doesn't know what a carpet tool is. He has to have some cop extra in the scene tell him that, oh, th- my my uncle, you know, installs floors and that that's a carpet tool. And he's like, oh, carpet tool. And then he realized, oh, there might be something under this rug. I'll cut up the carpet. Oh, it's a map. The Riddler's telling me to enter this code. And if I do, all these bombs will explode. I probably shouldn't enter this code, but I'm going to do it but anyway. Hey, that's what he Because I'm Batman. We have no choice. Yeah, Thank just, God they're not. They're still doing At, the at this point, Christian he's Bale already voice. in jail. You've already won. Yeah. <laughs> so why are okay. you setting off the trap? You, <laughs> and I, then he takes a bomb to the face. No that scarring. Was stupid. And instead of being taken to a hospital, they take him to the police. Like the actual jail. <laughs> and, and he breaks out <laughs> while he's in a unconscious. Very, like, weird way yeah, that would have never... The cops are shooting at him inside the jail, inside the police department, with live rounds while he's fleeing. Then he jumps off the top of the building and slams his head into the bridge and again survives all this unscathed. Not a scratch, not a burn mark, nothing. Uh what what else is stupid? There's so many you brought dumb up the things plot. about this movie. I wanna I wanna Okay. The plot was stupid. I, I always go for the bigger, like, picture stuff just because, like, the plot, I feel like that's, you know, I don't, I try not to go for that because I feel like he a lot He killed, of people... like, 40 people on the highway chasing the yeah. penguin oh, yeah. because he didn't know Spanish. Yeah, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, looking back, that was... Yeah, he didn't know an article in Spanish. Okay, here's a... Here... And so missed the clue, chased the wrong criminal, and killed a bunch of people on the highway by blowing up a fuel tanker. I miss the Rachel Ghoul days. Um, no, but okay. I want to say something about the plot. It's the worst Batman ever. I was on Reddit looking stuff about this movie. Like, there's no fucking way. I'm, I watched. I, I walked out of that theater pissed off because like because I was already kind of in a bad mood going in, and like I was like, this is gonna cheer me up. And, it's like, really long too. It's it, so it punishes it's you three a long hours. time. It's three fucking hours. It visually, it's stunning visually, and the the sound okay. is great, and I think that's why most people like it. Because they're but in, they're into the sound and the visual presentation. People said that the villain was interesting, because on one hand it's, oh he's so crazy you don't know what to expect from him he's insane he's unpredictable. So how did he like plan all this like shit in the city to like make all this happen and like organize this? Oh he's a mastermind he's always one step ahead he's always super meticulous. 
Those two cannot coexist at the same time. You're either meticulous and methodical or you're crazy and fucking insane. Because you can't just be like, oh, he's so unpredictable. He does whatever. Yeah. He's a whatever. Well, he's not supposed to be necessarily crazy, crazy. He's supposed to be like an extreme narcissist like a super okay. intelligent narcissist if he is an extreme narcissist and yeah. this entire movie builds up this and they even like beat you over the head with the like modern kind of social commentary it's like the poor person has to suffer because the rich people have to fucking do horrible shit and be you know with money or whatever yeah he floods the city as punishment to the rich people The rich people in their penthouses and their yeah. large fucking buildings. They're not at the base level. They're not at the base level. They're not even, like, those slums that are, like, yeah. 20 feet tall. That's the first part. It makes no sense. Like, it's trying to be like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Secondly, there's a moment where Catwoman straight up says, like, these white privileged motherfuckers. Which, yeah. like... It's cringe. You can... you can If you really want to have a line like that, I think you should earn it, personally. Yeah. You should... Which but, they don't. Yeah. But then they point to the actual, like city officials and i'm pretty sure like out of like the five only like one or two of them are even white like yeah so it's it's like it's it's bad (laughs) it's a bad it's an objective i think personally i think it's an objectively bad movie i get that some people like it i like I, i get that some people can turn their brain off and be like yeah i'll ignore the problems with the plot i'll ignore the fact that batman who's supposed to be physically intimidating Pattinson is not. In in fact, he famously refused to work out for the role and almost got fired because he literally would not work out for the role as Batman. uh, He's supposed to be super stealthy, ninja-like. He's not. He does everything up front. In fact, he literally knocks on the door at the Penguins Club instead of taking an alternative entrance or anything or sneaking in and just punches the guy in the face at the fucking entrance and starts fighting everybody in the club. <laughs> like, literally hits a dude with a bat. <laughs> like, I would like to remind you of the introduction we got of Batman 1989. Remember that one where it's like there's two criminals talking about him and then he holds one over. He's like, I want you to tell your your friends about me. Who are you? Yeah. I'm the Batman. It's badass as fuck, but it shows like what his skill set is, what how he operates. This guy, there's a dude being beaten up in a subway station <laughs> and Batman just kind of walks towards him. And I'm pretty sure they shoot him, right? Like yeah, mul- a lot. Yeah. And he's just like kevlar baby and they're like oh yeah. shit and they run away or, yeah and then they copied the or they beat, like, the something. dark knight rises scene where yeah. they have the light off and the guns are shooting him yeah while yeah. It, while he's in the dark and it make it makes for again visually very cool scene doesn't make any it looks sense like equilibrium fucking stupid the... his, his entire face is uncovered like you, not a single round went to his chin like not one probably chances of probability yeah that's, like, why, I brought that's why that's why batman has to be stealthy because if he gets shot in the face he's fucked it, uh, that's why i was making <laughs> like, that joke about equal have you ever seen equilibrium yeah he yeah. has the, you know the the tetra grammaton whatever where yeah. he's like the, yeah. every angle where you can't get shot i was like i guess batman's really fucking master that shit yeah because he can just walk through gunfire and again and totally i could fun. turn off small things like that my you know i've seen enough superhero movies and goofy action movies that i can turn my brain off to small things like that but when it's all together bad thematically does not represent batman he's supposed to be the greatest detective of all time can't figure out an article like a simple word in spanish kills he's not supposed to kill people he kills a lot of people in this movie and is at least indirectly 
killing a lot of other people because he's just refusing to show any self-restraint. He's a spoiled asshole who his only family member uh, who almost dies for him. Andy Serkis as Alfred was such a weird fucking decision. It it was a... I honestly, other than the Colin, Colin Farrell is the only actor role in this movie that bothers me. And it's not because Colin Farrell did it badly. It's just because they they spent all this money to hire Colin Farrell to look and act like another actor that already exists. Oh, yeah. And they put it. Yeah. The, they made him look like somebody who literally exists and is a proven established actor. So why didn't you just hire the proven established actor that already looks like that? <laughs> that's That's the part that frustrates me. You know, it's the it's the uh, Harry Potter prequel movie issue where they just they hired Colin Farrell for f- fuck all who knows. I just I guess my my sentiment <laughs> with this movie is how the fuck do you like this more than Batman nineteen eighty nine or Batman uh, Begins the or Dark Knight Nolan trilogy? Anything? Yeah, like yeah. people, there's issues with all. Like, all of the Batman movies, like, in terms of, like, there's always issues, right? It's yeah. Everyone has their own interpretation. Some people are comic purists, whatever. This movie wasn't really even, like, Batman. It was just every yeah. other superhero movie ever with m- massive mischaracterization and just blunders in terms of writing and logic progression yeah. attempt at showing growth. And even, like, the pacing is so all over the place. Like, jumping from scene to scene, the pacing is terrible. Like, the third act especially is just horrible the third act is real bad i just i don't understand how you can watch that movie and and say that is it is objectively good in any way it because it fails on every front except for being visually impressive and acoustically fun like that that's about it <laughs> like even if you turn your brain off you want like t- fuck there's you want to talk acoustic as music people said we're in a uh, you've been in bands i'm in a band i do music the music score for this fucking movie is the first two notes of the fucking avengers theme on repeat on repeat with the french yeah slow down on like halftime or french horn just like it gets old real quick and they play that so like the original danny uh elfman that's the same. The guy who made the uh, scores for um, all the Tim Burton movies. I think it's Danny yeah. Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman. For that, like, da, 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 da. like, there's an orchestral like hook and like tension and buildup. Yeah. This shit, where it's like you might as well hit two fucking piano keys on the low end of the fucking yeah. keyboard. It's lazy. It's lazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't get. It. Uh, again, we got to move on, or else we'll be here all night. But <laughs> there's I, a second one. I guess that's the. What's funny to me is that joker deserved a sequel based on its quality and its success the batman to me was not deserving of a sequel and yet it's the batman 2 is probably going to be better than this joker 2 fully ado because they're making it into a fucking musical (laughs) but who knows who knows i might be completely off base they might joker 2 might be just as good as the first and they might do it in a way that makes sense and the Batman 2 might be just as bad as the first one. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, another product that spun off of that, they had the spin-off Penguin show that's based on the Batman, Matt Reeves' version of the Batman. Uh, that, will, that will still happen, so you can still look forward to that. Titans is continuing. Uh, they still have to end a few CW shows. Uh, the Sandman on Netflix, which is fantastic. I don't know if you've watched it. No. It's based on the incredible like award-winning uh, Neil Gaiman 
the Sandman comic okay. from it used to be Vertigo Comics and now it got bought by DC and now it's and now it's integrated in into DC. But yeah, the Sandman is outstanding. Both the comic is great and and the show is great. I highly recommend like you use whatever resources you need to to read the the comic series first if you can. But if you can't, I get it's a big project. Like it's it's going to take you some time to get through it. Uh, because it really is just such an both an artistic and a writing tour de force. It's just like the peak of like comic book creativity, in my opinion. But the show do, represents it really well and does a really great job. There's there's aspects of the show where they change characters and change like certain outcomes of the dialogue, but overall they they were really loyal and Netflix did an outstanding job with it. They picked they couldn't have picked a better actor for the Sandman himself. He is so picture perfect. Like if you were to cut a person out of marble to represent that comic book character, you couldn't have done a better job. It's outstanding. Highly recommend that show on Netflix and yes, we are still getting the Sandman season 2. A lot of people were worried after this uh, Discovery takeover of uh, Warner Brothers and all their products and HBO Max that they were going to say, no, we're cutting, we're killing this and you're never going to see it again. Thankfully, we're getting a season two, which is awesome because they haven't even gotten into like the best parts of the Sandman universe. So highly, highly anticipated product for me. Uh, another highly anticipated product in this DC Elseworlds group is Peacemaker season two. They did confirm that is happening. It is being created by... Uh, uh, by James Gunn, just like the first season. However, uh, he won't be creating the Waller project. This will actually be this will actually be handled by the Doom Patrol uh, writers, which is another great HBO Max series. It's not I wouldn't put it in the same category in terms of quality, but it, it has Brendan Fraser in it, which we love, and uh, it's fun. It's just it's just dumb fun. Like that's what Doom Patrol is. It's dumb, over the top fun. It's crude. You know, it's it's zany, crude, like over the top nonsense fun it's so another thing to recommend if you have the time but i wouldn't prioritize it over peacemaker or sandman or the suicide squad i think maybe that's the other issue too is like you saw how angry we both got over batman and i think a bigger part of it too kind of extends to because batman tried to not it didn't want to be a fun action movie it wanted to be a deep preachy it it wanted to be philosophical seriously yeah and that's why you get angry at that kind of shit because you watch that and like i'm one of those people i hate feeling like i'm being preached to i hate movies that try to sit me down and talk to me like i'm in school be like no listen you don't get it and because then that puts you in kind of this defensive position where like okay what do you got and when you got yeah. shallow nonsense but again if you have a fun <clears throat> movie that's there you're there to have fun you're there you, you don't care it's like yeah. fucking like <clears throat> say it man you sandman i i guess i'll watch it yeah. i just i miss that i miss movies. Every, everything you're describing of what you want out of a product <laughs> it's it's in sandman well I, ju- I just want a movie so that doesn't make me feel like shit and if it makes me feel like shit for good fucking reason like joker that movie makes me fucking depressed but i love it because it earns that like yeah. dread and absolutely anyway uh as i said doom patrol will uh be continuing i think they might have an I can't remember. They might have announced their last season, but I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet. Um, Waller is going to be kind of a filler series that takes place in between Peacemaker Season 1 and Peacemaker Season 2. Again, hilarious. Watch The Suicide Squad, the second movie. 
which was done by James Gunn, and then go watch season one of Peacemaker. It's fucking hilarious. Like, it's better than the movie was, and the movie was great. Um, Waller's supposed to fill in uh, some time in between season one and season two and kind of bridge the gap. Um, it will still star Viola Davis from the Suicide Squad movies. And then uh, they also announced a new project, Creature Commandos, which will be an animated series written by James Gunn, uh, voiced by the live-action equivalent actors. So a lot of people from Suicide Squad and other properties of the current DCEU, they will be uh, returning to voice their characters in these animated series. And this is where I will give DC and Warner Brothers a ton of credit. Their animated products are outstanding, including, if you haven't watched the comedy series Harley Quinn, on hbo max which is an adult oriented it's the cartoon right yeah okay it's I've seen hilarious parts of it. it's hilarious it looks, it looks like it's, something i would enjoy it's awesome I it's great time for it but so i got and they make a bunch of movies every year they come out with movies that are based on comic series and that i i would a lot of cases the comic series is better but for what you can do with an animated project in an hour and 45 minutes like they do an outstanding job they just I think Marvel is terrible at animated stuff. They really don't handle their animated projects very well, in my opinion. But I think that's where DC and Warner Brothers like actually does better than Disney and Marvel in coordinating their products. I think their animated stuff is outstanding. So that's all we know about the current DC Elseworld stuff. And so it, it obviously gives a platform for these things to continue uh, so fans can see these things finished and finalized and don't have to worry about them dropping off the face of the earth like some other projects. The second part of the DCU, the new DCU, will be called Phase 1 Gods and Monsters. It's It consists of an 8-10 to 10 year plan. It's still not complete yet, but these are the things that James Gunn is excited about and actively working on uh, while they flesh out the, the, the second end of this phase. So it will officially begin with a new Superman movie called Superman Legacy. It will be arriving in July of 2025. And will be based loosely on All-Star Superman, which is a, a, an outstanding, critically acclaimed story about Superman. Uh, and kind of takes a more grounded approach to it. it. has this really like classic, iconic uh, cover where it's got Superman kind of like sitting on the edge of a cliff with like his knees up, like just kind of enjoying the view and like looking back at the 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 person viewing the comic. So, um, great run and a great thing to base it on. I, I, I really like this. It's something new. It's something that people probably aren't ready for um, because of their classic, you know, Chris Reeves version of Superman and right. then the recent Henry Cavill, which is the uh, more darker, like pretentious kind of take on Superman. Um, <clears throat> this is something entirely different and I'm, I'm excited for it. In addition to that, the next movie for Batman will be Batman the Brave and the Bold, which will be based on the Grant Morrison run of Batman and Robin. Uh, well, it's actually technically it's Batman, but it's about Batman and Damian Wayne, which is uh, his son that was conceived with Talia Ghul and was raised in secret with the League of Assassins. I, know, and, I knew nothing about this. So. Yeah, so Damian, <laughs> Damian's like this obnoxious, over-the-top asshole who has the skills to back it up because he was raised in the League of Assassins with uh, mm. Talia and Rachel Ghoul. And uh, <clears throat> basically the story consists of kind of kind of a heartwarming like character development for both Batman and Damian because at this point Batman's already established. He's, you know, he's already had his sidekicks, he's lost one of his sidekicks, you know, tragically, like 
he's not looking for another Robin to have like take care of. And then he gets into this whole situation and he discovers, uh, I have a son, <laughs> like a biological son <laughs> that Talia Ghul has been raising and like teaching to murder people for a living. <clears throat> and this like Indiana Jones four where he finds out that <laughs> <he has> a... <laughs> not that bad, <laughs> but I will say a lot of people fucking hated Damien as a character when he first arrived in the and, comics. Yeah. Because they intentionally make him just a piece of shit. And he, like he, he just wants, he wants to murder people. Like he's totally down for murdering people. And like Batman kind of like has to teach him under, take him under his wing and like, kind of like for lack of a better word, parent him in a way he's never been parented. <laughs> but also like you have this like super soldier elite teenager that wants to murder people <laughs> like first his first thought is to kill this guy so he can't do this shit again and they're like they're like trading ideas and fighting each other ideologically because batman's so like strict about his do not kill do not use guns rule and meanwhile he's got this little assassin that has literally killed people <laughs> that wants to murder every criminal they go up against and that's his know? son and <laughs> and his son is making very good valid points like why aren't we killing this guy he's a mass murderer every time we don't kill this guy he breaks out of the asylum or breaks out of the prison and kills more people if we just kill him now we don't have to worry about it and batman has to like philosophically address that with not only himself but with his son, his biological, it's not like he can just ignore his son, you know, because his son's got to be there. It's his son. He's a teenage kid, like, who has to be, like, nurtured and taught. And it's it's really good. Is it like, it's, it's done really it well. Do, like, kind of like Raiden from Metal Gear, where it's like he's been raised to kill from such a young age that it's just, like, conflict. <laughs> yeah, of, like, a little bit, but without, like, the Japanese over the top well, courtiness, yeah. you know, <laughs> the Kojima esque ness of it. But yeah, I, I, okay. I, this is a great direct. I, Again, this is all going to depend on execution. If they don't execute it well, it doesn't matter. I just find it weird that but, it's a five to ten year plan. Like uh, eight so, to ten, yeah. Eight to yeah, that's a they're, long. They're copying basically the first phase of Marvel. They're they're oh, tr- they're trying to set up like a proper established universe. I love that they they're already writing all this stuff together. Okay, so like so all of these projects are in yeah, progress. The, currently. the big problem with the Snyderverse is that they weren't writing these things together. They were just like deciding to do whatever they wanted right. with each individual film and assigning whoever individual director actors etc and just like trying to do everything they possibly could in one movie because they didn't know if they would get another one you know right so this but is here they have this is a proper plan which i love it's almost like a movie tv show yep <laughs> the next uh item he talked about was supergirl woman of tomorrow based on the comic of the same name which is going to be more of a sci-fi epic tragedy movie um, for those unfamiliar with that comic run, basically it, it talks about Supergirl's origin. You know, with Superman Kal-El, he was shipped off as a baby, you know, and it had no knowledge of his, you know, basically his parentage and, until his parents showed him where the ship was and he found this and that. And eventually, you know, it gets corny, but eventually he establishes his, you know, his palace or whatever in Antarctica and all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he, he learns about his people as time goes on, and he has to, like, figure out who he is. Is he the human that was raised by Ma and Pa Kent, or is he, you know, this crazy alien that has these Kryptonian values and beliefs and et cetera? This, this comic really focuses on Supergirl as the older teenager slash adult who was there when her entire population civilization was destroyed. 
and had to witness it and was trapped on basically this this pseudo life vessel in space like in a, basically a small chunk of krypton in, in her krypton society all by herself dwelling thinking about all of the trauma she had experienced and then it, it becomes this greater space story that eventually ends with her finding earth and her cousin kal-el so uh it's if you the artwork in this comic is really great so i would love it if they like adapted some of the artwork from this into like a visual medium for this movie so again really different direction nobody's seen this version of bat uh supergirl before okay i love i love what james gunn is doing i really genuinely do as a comic book fan and i think even the casuals that don't know about this stuff are gonna see this stuff be surprised maybe be a little shocked but i think they're going to ultimately really like it and respect it so we'll see again it's all going to come down to execution and uh next on the uh slate that he was talking about he also discussed a lanterns tv show which will be an hbo max exclusive tv show starring uh, or focusing rather on the first and second lantern hal jordan and john stewart um most people that watch like the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited cartoon series will be familiar with Jon Stewart. Um, it will be a somewhat grounded uh, space cop detective story based around Earth's sector. So you'll probably see a lot of focus on Earth-based characters and a lot of Earth-based DC comics cameos, I would imagine. They did say there were other lanterns would make an appearance, so you'll probably get to see Guy Gardner or Kyle Rayner, uh, some of the other famous lanterns, Jessica Cruz, etc. But uh, the focus will be on Hal Jordan and John Stewart specifically, which is great if you're trying to start a new DC universe. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Uh, next up, they announced a Paradise Lost. TV series, which will be a Wonder Woman prequel show focusing on Themyscira, which is the world she comes from. Uh, basically, the origin of Themyscira, the warfare that went on, the the uh, kind of crown politics that went on with the island. <clears throat> and James Gunn described it as kind of a Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones esque story. So expect a lot of R-rated probable content <laughs> on an island focusing on basically uh olympic goddesses oh and potentially <laughs> the uh creation of wonder woman uh, another project that was announced is the authority which will be a movie based on the wildstorm characters which i fucking love i love wildstorm it was uh something created at image comics and eventually got integrated into dc comics very recently became part of the dc comics universe proper Whereas before they were just kind of their own things on the DC label. But yeah, this is awesome. I love everything about uh, the Wildstore comics. They're they're much more of a, you know, like R-rated, edgier <laughs> version of a comic book. You know, superhero sabotage type of world. Uh, not quite as like... Not Frank uh, Miller uh, levels? Not quite. Uh, no, no. Not Frank Miller level. It's probably beyond Frank Miller, <laughs> honestly. It's it's kind of like the boys, but without like the comedy edge. It's much more serious. You know, there are there are serious consequences to things that happen. Kind of like Invincible, but without like the funny teenage you know aspect that Invincible has. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. I think that's probably kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy was for the Marvel 
cinematic universe it's gonna be one of those things that most people have no idea what what this fucking thing is and when they get in they're gonna be like oh this is really good this is now one of my favorite things out of dc so fingers crossed again execution is key but i think this could be a big hit if they can uh you know obviously produce it well and then promote it well the next thing he discussed was a swamp thing tv series most likely although i don't remember him saying specifically as a tv series but everybody's interpreting his presentation as a tv series uh it's going to be kind of a more dark you know monster movie s type thing that's based on alan moore's uh interpretation which is probably the most iconic interpretation of the character it's it sounds goofy the the even the concept of swamp thing is some just like creature but there's a lot of cool things that were done with it and actually new 52 which was like one of the reboots of the dc comics uh proper had a really great interpretation of the swamp thing as well so there's a lot of good material and this this could be another big hit a lot of people like the swamp thing tv show they produced originally uh several years ago and it got canceled just because it was apparently too expensive to keep producing for hbo but apparently that was very popular as well uh next up he talked about a booster gold hbo max tv series uh booster gold's kind of like the fan favorite kind of uh, comedy character he's this kind of a douchebag from the future and he he wants to be admired and respected so he takes his future technology goes to the past where his technology is like amazing and you know nobody has anything like it and uses it to basically make himself a superhero in our time (laughs) in the present and it's just goofing over the top and like throughout the throughout the the comics generally speaking the theme is that he's like this goofy dumbass that came from the future with his you know what was modern tech for him is now like incredible (laughs) technology today and uses it to exploit like the populace and make him seem like this great you know heroic figure but then he just falls on his face over and over and over again but at the heart of it like through all his efforts he ends up becoming the hero like he wanted people to think he was that he was he thought he was tricking people <laughs> he was creating so there's like kind of a wholesome heart to the booster gold character so it's like an unremarkable person for their time but in yep. the mod- the time that he tra- travels to with his tech he's remarkable just by yeah he's just a dumbass from the future <laughs> with some cool technology from the future who grows and mm-hmm. okay yeah, so that yeah, I I love Booster Gold. I love <coughs> I love everything he's in. There was a New Fifty Two run of Justice League International that featured him as like one of the primary focuses for the story. I loved it. I loved it. It had him and Guy Gardner, who's like the ignore, obnoxious, like redheaded, literally redheaded, hot headed dude that's like always trying to fight <laughs> everybody and thinks he's like the the best Lantern and should always be the leader. And of course, like he he never is. <laughs> he always gets his butt kicked. And yeah, uh, it it was a great setup for a great comic. But they can do a lot of things with that. Uh, next up, they talked about a Gotham Knights TV series. This appears not to be like the Gotham Knights video game that is that came out recently, where it's focused on like all the former Robins and Batgirl. No, this is Gotham Knights based on the comic book series that's about basically the Gotham PD. So. Mm. Um, apparently that again, none of this stuff is 100% confirmed, but that seems to be the direction they're going. Um, so that should be really cool, really interesting. 
to have a focus on just i mean we already had a few shows like that gotham for example was basically just about the corruption like a batman prequel about all the corruption in the police force and all the criminals and how they rose up and you know how penguin rose through the ranks and took over the city slowly all these things and then there's a, a a small I didn't see this in the presentations but I've seen I've seen it in several uh public articles about the reporting on this Dead Boy Detectives which is based on a comic book uh it will be getting a TV series. I'm not really familiar with this property and I I I kept reading it about it on the articles so apparently it's coming but uh I I personally as much of a nerd as I am I don't know much about that. But I'm sure it's going to be good. Uh, if James Gunn has anything to do with it, that's a hell of a diverse roadmap for DC. Yeah, it's not what you would think, right? Like most people would think, oh, you're going to do Batman, then you're going to do more Batman, Superman, more Batman. then you're going to do <clears throat> Wonder Woman, and then you're going to do a Justice League movie, and then you're going to introduce the Flash, and then you're going to do Green Lantern, and then Martian Manhunter, and then Aquaman. No, and this is then you're going to make <clears throat> Justice League two. No, there's this... something for everyone, and it's not all just like dark because you think a lot of people. I did for a while as a kid, especially. I was like, Marvel is more like cape, you know, funny and, you know. Yeah. Marvel's more kid friendly. DC is more mature and dark and fucking. So I was like, oh, DC's way better. Yeah. But I think this sounds like there's something for everyone. And there's a lot of more obscure things that I think, as someone who does not follow, did not follow a lot of these comics growing up, I think hearing more about these types of stories. I think this is the kind of diversity that would be really awesome in yeah. this kind of universe. And it pro- even if you're not watching every single one, because there's so many and they're TV shows, movies, right? Yeah. I think you have a framework for a lot of people to kind of get on the train and maybe slowly start actually exploring some of these stories and being aware of them in a modern setting. Yeah. In a modern, you know, movies that are with the modern effects and the capabilities and technology. I think that's great. I think this is... Yeah, I'm awesome. I, I'm I'm personally as a comic book fan of a lot of the stuff this is going to be based on, I am incredibly excited for this. I think, you know, even if it's not as good as I hope, I think that the diversity, as you were saying, and the, the things it's drawing its source material from are unique and are going to offer something really cool and a and a new interpretation and take on things where as opposed to something that's just traditional you know, oh, we're going to get another copy and paste version of this character. You know, yeah. uh, they're, they're going to be hokey. You know, Superman's going to be corny and the stereotypical American dream. And, you know, uh, I think that's what Marvel kind of ran into. Right. Because a lot of their superheroes, like they're different, but they're kind of similar enough to where mm-hmm. maybe they their contrast when paired with each other on screen is interesting, but you don't need five movies per character no. explaining their backstory and personal struggle. Here, there's enough, I think, to... Yeah. And it's it's kind of nice that they're not beating us over the head with everybody's origin story. Oh, yeah. And it seems like they're it. only doing that for a very <laughs> small handful of characters, it seems. Well, for those that seem to make sense or that are more obscure, that you would actually be kind of interested yeah. in it. So. Yeah, yeah. So... That's another thing that's really cool and exciting. You know, everybody knows who Superman is. Everybody knows who Batman is. You don't have to explain it again if you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) What's Krypton? Yeah. Well, probably still watch it either way, but you don't have to. Next up on the news, Avatar The Way of Water has officially become the sixth movie to pass $2 billion worldwide. What do you think about Avatar? (sighs) I agree. This is going to (laughs) be... Actually... Uh, 
Oh, he needs he he needs the booze up for this one. I was actually talking to my boss about this last night, literally, which is hilarious to me. Um, I haven't seen Avatar two yet. My girlfriend really wants to. I feel like I have to, just because, regardless if it's dog shit or not, it's kind of a landmark title. Yeah, which sucks because I don't want to give them more money. <laughs> but I mean, they've already made all the money they need. Yeah, so you don't have to. There you go. About it but at this point. Here's okay. I just want to say this about Avatar. Two thousand eight. You know, maybe the CGI was really cool. It did look really cool. The effects, whatever. If if the point of the movie is visual effects, then it succeeded. But that's not all a movie is. The storyline for the original Avatar is dances with wolves pocahontas yeah that joke has been made so many times i don't even want to phrase it as a joke Mm -hmm. so but again avatar the first one was 2008 that is 15 years ago it's a long fucking time to make a sequel to a fairly average movie in terms of plot yeah i i'm actually amazed that this movie is making as much as it is this long after the first one and with basically from what everybody's telling me a rehash of the original story but with water versions well what i was told by everyone who's seen it so far and i i am more than likely going to go see it with my girlfriend because kind of have to but i'm ch- i'm going to try and be fair to it but from what i heard it is this is the conversation i had with my boss the other night it is a rehash of the first one to an extent and mostly set up for a third movie yeah and apparently <laughs> and it's also three hours long i don't know if you've kept up with the kind of um the descriptions of the the plans for this movie series and going forward mm. so james cameron and i love james cameron he's given us a ton of great movies my, i love my, james cameron <laughs> my favorite movie of all time <laughs> is terminator 2 and he he made that movie you don't have a beer i would so yeah that's my that's one of that's probably my favorite movie yeah. of all time too so. which you know we're talking about go. all this stuff about pretentious <laughs> themes and stuff but like it's 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 dumb fun and i recognize that but it's still my favorite movie of no, all time terminator 2 tackled a lot of the themes it did yeah. so well that like mm-hmm. it did better than the original in my opinion well yeah like yeah. The, i i like terminator 1 and 2 almost equally kind of like i like alien and aliens but i like t2 a bit more than terminator 1 i like aliens too like i like better than the first aliens two. yeah i like aliens yeah. as well a bit i like over. the dark knight better than batman begins like there's a lot of that i think i'm like, just a sequel whore well that's what it, a sequel should be bigger bad or better bigger <laughs> yeah. badass or yeah. better and refine the here, idea here's here's my thing and this is the thing i think spielberg went through i think this is what james cameron went through ever since fucking titanic which i know some of you people like it it's really long and slow but at least you don't have the vhs anymore did you have the vhs yes with the two fucking tapes and you're like they have like a literal intermission in the vhs tapes. yeah it's like something out of like the (laughs) fucking 40s where it's like all right guys go take a break this is too long we realize it no here's the thing about i think a lot of these directors that start off because james cameron made the original terminator the first one from 1984, while like eating burgers from that burger joint in the Terminator 2 that uh, Sarah Connor character uh, Sarah Connor works at, yeah, is a real like that's actually what he went to a burger joint in between filming and ate, like he would buy two burgers, 
eat one. The next day, he would eat the other. Like, that's the level of dedication he had, like, just to illustrate. Like, that's cool. I didn't know that. He was a vi- – that whole movie was his, like li- – and it was a very kind of, like – I don't want to say juvenile, but a very, like, simple love story, right? Where it's, yeah. like, two people caught in this conflict of time and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how he started. Flash forward in 1997, he's making fucking Titanic. Flash forward 2000, he's like, oh, I got to wait until technology catches up. He's like a George Lucas almost. These people start off, I think, with really amazing intentions, really awesome stories, mm-hmm. really like stuff that they've been working on. They want to prove themselves. Look, I have something unique and nuanced and profound to share with the world. And then they kind of get caught in that weird age, I guess, where you, they start to have kids. They start to feel like they're dads and they're a bit older and they're less... I get. I don't know if ambitious is the right word. They're they're a lot more. I want to put out something that's a lot more feel good, if that makes sense. Like mm. they have. A, they want a sentiment that isn't some like crazy intense commentary yeah. on the world or their perception of a theme. Mm-hmm. They want to make something that's a very like family nice feel good movie that like you sit and you're like lean back and you're like yeah the world is interesting isn't it. And I'm noticing a trend where a lot of these older directors who started with these amazing movies doing that. And I think that Avatar, from from the first movie and what this seems to be, is this weird, like, happy-go... I don't know. Is it a... Does it feel like a happy-go-lucky story about, like... Look at... Sort of, It's like, guys, nature... We shouldn't be mean to nature. Guys, come on. Yeah, and that's I, three hours. I, there's a series on Netflix called "The Movies That Made Us." There's, there's I've, yeah, I've seen, I've seen. Have you seen the Aliens one? No, I, I've, I like, I know of it. I, I haven't. So apparently, I, James Cameron did not make Alien. That was Ridley he, Scott. He, he came, yeah. yeah, he came in and made the second one though, Aliens. He, apparently, his pitch for the movie. Boy, you're struggling with that foam, aren't you? <laughs> Damn. Know, were you standing there shaking them earlier? Like, I, don't know, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, but he apparently went in uh, to pitch the movie. He wrote Alien on the board and then wrote an S and made it into a dollar sign. That was his pitch for the movie, Aliens. I mean, and then he made an awesome movie. Listen, <laughs> that nobody expected. Listen, Aliens <laughs> is a movie that, first of all, it's a commentary on the. Um, is it the Vietnam War or the Korean War? I always forget. It's kind of stupid. probably Vietnam. Vietnam War. Sorry, this brain fart. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a commentary on that. It's supposed to be a parallel, right? Where they go in and they're like, "We're gun ho!" Like, "Yeah, we're coming in with our badass with our sticks. Yeah. We got fucking space marines, spa- pulse rifles. We got badass ass kicker, whatever." And then they get yeah. fucked over because the environment is completely un- is foreign to them. Yeah. No, Aliens is a great movie, both from a thematic standpoint and as a fun movie to watch that you enjoy while watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Which I wish they would make more of. But again, going back to Avatar. My question for this movie, and is going to be watching the second and maybe the third, and the, how, how many they're making, like five now? Well, they've already filmed everything for the first four. We got the, <sighs> we we just got the second one. The success of the second one was going to dictate whether we got a five and a six. So now we're getting a five and a six. So according to interviews with James Cameron himself... <clears throat> uh. He has stated that <clears throat> the first one was obviously about the forest people. 
The second one is going was apparently about the water people. The third one is going to be about the fire people, kind of an evil Navi. And all of these movies are going to have the same villain. And then we're going to have a fourth movie that's apparently more, quote-unquote, grounded. So you're, you're going to have the Earth people. Is the fifth <laughs> movie going to be Lulu Dallas Multipass? <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. And apparently all four of the first <laughs> movies are going to have the same villain. There, there's what, not people just like look <clears throat> at people being mean yeah. to the earth look there... at people being mean yeah. to the fire I, i'm sorry but there's not enough content there <laughs> to string out for four movies and then apparently they're going to get creative with the fifth and sixth movies maybe he should and watch avatar our... the last airbender he's he's teased that like <laughs> things are going to get wild and go in a direction nobody expects for the fifth and sixth but basically one through four is like completely formulaic and they've already filmed everything they just got to actually create the digital parts of it and render it so which is most of the work right the good news about that is that well, at least the avatar fans won't have to wait 15 years for the next one probably but that being said <laughs> maybe it'd be better if they I, were every 15 I, I, years. I don't know i don't know if we need them to begin with and i wish james cameron could be working on something else but now because of the success he's going to be making avatar movies for the next 30 years probably <clears throat> but I think that's a good place to for you. I don't know. For you fans <laughs> of Avatar, please write in the comments. What do you? What does Avatar do that's interesting <clears throat> to you or unique? Because I would like to hear a perspective of someone yeah. who genuinely thinks it is a groundbreaking, interesting story, commentary, yeah. <clears throat> whatever the fuck. Right? Like, yeah. I don't understand the point of these movies. Besides the technological, it's it's like a tech demo. It's like Final Fantasy VII on the PS3. Yeah. The re- like, I mean, they're. There was a what was essentially a tech demo Final Fantasy movie. I think it was called Advent Children, or was that the Final Fantasy VII one? <laughs> I I like Advent Children. So. Uh, that's the Final Fantasy VII one. Yes. What's the What's the uh, Spirits Within? Spirits Within. Thank you. When that came out, that was like a technological technological marvel, and everybody's like, "Wow, look at this!" And then they saw the movie and like, "This is it, terrible. This it's is- gorgeous." And well, not, well, not it, anymore because it's two thousand one. Yeah, but it did not age well. Spirits Within. Is not. It, I think it's okay. It's bad. I have. A, <clears throat> I have a soft spot for shit like that. I love Final it. Fantasy. That's a bad movie. I'm sorry. You don't. You, you don't <laughs> like the live stream energy no. taking back the it's, planet no. from the evil industrialization. No, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, I guess that's what happens. I agree. Right? The Advent Children is fun. It's it's dumb fun, but it's fun. Uh, Final Fan. Just for in case you didn't know, Final Fantasy VII, the OG, is my favorite game of all time, and I literally play it every year. Get a beer. I gotta keep. I gotta keep. <laughs> yeah, I play it every single year, <laughs> at least once, all the way through. And uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Final Fantasy VII. What'd you think of the remake? Actually, do I, we have a game section coming up? Because so remember, I told you I start games and then I don't finish them because I get end game anxiety okay. or I get busy and then I forget how to play it and then mm-hmm. I don't want to. I I want to remember everything, so yeah. I want to restart it from the beginning. I did that with Final Fantasy VII remake. So, I I got to uh, the slums, like the the like where the the bumblebee and everything is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, I got busy with some life stuff. Uh, I, I think that's right around when Cindy got pregnant and everything. So, uh, I just never got back to it. And then they announced that they were doing a PS5 upgrade, and that it would be free. Oh, yeah, the intergrade. Yeah, and then they added the intergrade DLC and all that stuff. So I was like, I'll just hold out. And now it's all out. And it's actually free on the PlayStation Plus stuff. So now I just got to get around to downloading it and playing it. So I'll probably do that after I finish The Witcher 3. 
um, which is my next thing to finish. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty much at the end of Witcher Three, thankfully. But okay, are I, you gonna do the I just gotta go over wine, the edge. The DLC for it, the blood yeah. and wine, and the uh, what's the other thing? I need to finish the main game and then do the blood and wine expansion. I think the other one was just the Gwent expansion. Okay, right. I, I, I know there were two. I don't know yeah. how extensive the other one was. Yeah, and I've pretty much already done all the Gwent stuff, so I'm not worried about that. But all right, so. Let's uh, go ahead and move on. That wraps up all of our movie news. This next section, of course, it will be tagged in the comments, is the video game section. So we got a new Nintendo Direct recently. They announced that the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance collections will be joining the Nintendo Online ecosystem. So you'll be able to play those on uh, your Nintendo Switch very soon. Uh, they announced a new Professor Layton game has, uh, and teased it. They have not released the full title, and it has no release window yet, but that will be coming to the Switch in the, in the probably the near future. We got more looks at Breath of the Wild 2, a.k.a. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, the game they announced will be priced at $70, which is an increase from the normal Switch games. I want to say something about price increases because a lot of people have issues with games costing more, especially with digital i think right because digital is like you remember it? yeah there's no production yeah so yeah. you would assume that a game that's 60 bucks at walmart for a box they don't even do manuals anymore which i think is a shame yeah but manuals are great yeah the, the... it's toilet material you sit <laughs> well, on the, you sit on the toilet and you read the manual <laughs> that's i mean that's what i did <laughs> that's what i still like doing i still read all the uh it's called um what's the term color art or uh art books all the the cool shit, the flavor text, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have issues with games being a little bit more in price. I think that, we one, we should obviously expect our games to be good. But two, I think that given how games have always been $60 since, like, what, 1980s? Well, that's I can, not... I remember buying, like, uh, uh, Sega Genesis games, and they were, like, $80 back then. Like, literally. Yeah. literally so, so with inflation, with like... In, Two hundred, like probably a lot. probably would have been like one hundred and twenty dollars yeah. today. I think that I do think for especially for something like Nintendo, Nintendo kind of price gouges because they limit production quantities, mm-hmm. but and they for, also make everything on their proprietary cartridges. Yeah, which, which is another part of the problem. I think at least with they try to innovate, I guess. But my my point is for people who are upset about prices for video games, just because everything is like on Steam really cheap. I understand that. I love Steam. You can get really good games for really cheap on uh, on there and get crazy sales. Yeah. But for new games, and this is where you have to be picky. Maybe don't buy every game that comes out because that's what you're running into, right? It's like, oh, has all these new games. Like, mm-hmm. pick the ones you want to support, and if you put the seventy dollars down for it, don't pre-order unless you're confident. In fact, pre-ordering in, in general is not a very good practice. But try to be reasonable with the fact that games costing seventy bucks is actually it is games are the one thing that has not scaled with inflation like yeah. at, in general obviously like collectors items and people that you know yeah. they want to own like fatal frame or haunting ground it's a lot of money but yeah be reasonable with like the fact that if games go up in price a bit that is a very small yeah. change over a long period of time i mean so, uh, to your point i honestly don't know how video game companies other than like the exploitative like gambling ones <clears throat> that keep getting lawsuits filed against them like Fortnite, <laughs> like uh, Roblox, that's another one. Um, ex- outside of those games that are just straight up predatory, 
I don't, don't fuck those games. Don't don't support those. Games. I don't understand how a lot of these companies make money because they, you know, their game is free on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus, yeah. if not both. Uh, they're getting sold on sales for like four bucks on Steam. You know, after like three months or four months, whatever. If they, especially if they didn't perform well initially, like nobody is buying games at full price hardly anymore. And if they are, <laughs> they're probably, you know regretting it soon after or they're just privately wealthy which is not a lot of this is where vote with your wallet goes both ways if you don't want to support something don't buy it and don't buy it like out of your your friends peer pressure you stand your ground you want a good product but also if you see like this is a big thing with anime especially when they release like blu-ray box that's over here or like games in general they get localized in japan they localize them here Mm -hmm. that are rare occurrences because that costs them a lot of money and time to do to like get the english localization the voice acting if you want your games pick the games you want to succeed and vote with your wallet by actually buying them and Mm -hmm. showing them hey i like this i support this please do more of this because that seems to be one of the only ways to get a lot of this so that's i just want to add that sentiment that if you really like your zelda maybe i mean zelda zelda will be fine zelda's different i guess but like i know it's a point of contention the price and just keep in mind and maybe be a bit more picky what you buy and support what you love yeah absolutely Uh, that's a great principle to live by in general we talk about support your local comic book shops all the time support the comic books you like the artists you like the writers you like the same is true for video games movies television all of it so Support your creators if if that means buying something at full price and you're capable of doing so without you know putting yourself in financial straits. Do so, absolutely do so. Um, you won't but re- save it for what you genuinely yeah. like. It, you won't regret it, and assuming you like it as much as you think you will, hold on to it because you'll probably enjoy it in the future as well. Um, and then the final thing of note that came out: uh, Nintendo Switch has passed the PS4 and the Game Boy to become the third best-selling console of all time now. Uh, they're behind only the Nintendo DS at number one. Uh, I'm sorry, that was number two. And the PlayStation 2, which is the number one selling console of all time. Those two are really close. I think they're both right around... I think Nintendo DS is like 154 million consoles sold, and PlayStation 2 is 155 consoles sold. 155 million, I should say. Which is insane because one is like a little tiny handheld device that you would expect like kids dropped or lost or smashed and just kept buying new ones ps2 meanwhile sold more than that by a lot and the, to give you perspective i think the number of switches at right now is like 124 million consoles sold and it's pretty far in its lifetime so it's probably not going to catch playstation yeah. 2 or nintendo <clears throat> ds which is insane they, i think they would have to sell you know basically 30,000 or 30 million more consoles to get to that point. I think the switch again, this is my opinion. I've heard differing opinions that I understand, but don't entirely agree with. I think the switch was not anymore because you have the steam deck now. And this is where I want to, I'm very curious how the steam deck is going to compete with this because Mm -hmm. the steam deck is a much more versatile and less original, um, What's oh yeah the there you can put whatever the hell you want on it you can emulate you can play games on yeah. it. the Steam Deck might I think become the best selling console just given the fact that it's both mobile and um you can plug it into your TV you can whatever yeah you can the idea of playing AAA games on the fly on the go 
in your hand or plugging it into a uh, big ass screen and having fun with it with a controller. That versatility, I think, was the most interesting and innovative aspect of modern gaming because PS5 and Xbox, you know, Series X, I understand that better graphics is cool. I understand your controller making sounds are vibrating at certain Mm -hmm. frequencies is cool. But I'm sorry, but the Switch is fucking awesome. I can play a 3D Zelda game that's (laughs) modern while sitting on the toilet. Come on. like I mean, you could do that with mods on the Steam Deck and with... uh... Uh, so, a PlayStation Vita. <laughs> now the well, the PS Vita. I think the PS Vita PSP. was an attempt at that. Or the PS you do play the old Zelda games with your PSP with some modifications. <laughs> the PSP yeah. was well, everyone loved the PSP then because yeah. you could do so well, much with it. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, I bought my. I have a lot of experience with the Switch because I bought my wife one several years ago. Um, she loves to play Animal Crossing and uh, what's the other one that's similar to that? The Japanese game uh harvest moon is that what yeah harvest yeah. moon uh she loves those games as well um and then we also have like the party games for when we have company over mario kart smash you know the typical stuff and uh i got her breath of the wild she hasn't really touched it at all but i've played it and i, I get why people love it but to me it's not what i want out of zelda personally um and i'm, I'm a huge zelda fanboy from you know og nintendo all the way up through basically twilight princess is probably the last one i really really enjoyed um my my issue with the switch has always been that it's too much of the middle ground it's not really good at either things that i want out of it like if i want to sit down and play on my television i'd rather play my ps5 or my ps4 or you know if i had an xbox i'd rather play the xbox or if i had a high-end pc i'd want to play on the pc I don't want to sit down and play my Switch on my TV, but the only thing that keeps it in the game is that it has the party games, um, you know, like exclusives, Zelda, Mario Party, Mario Kart, Mario, or Smash Brothers, sorry. Um, that's uh, The fact that it just has those exclusive titles is the only thing that keeps it in play on the television, and I really don't want to play it half the time because I don't think their controllers are very good. Even their, we have a pro controller, and the controller is terrible in my opinion. I don't like that the button schemes don't match any of anybody else's button schemes. So like the everything's, the air backwards. everything's backwards, yeah. and that's like yeah. you have to unlearn that. Even though Xbox and PlayStation, PC all do the <laughs> do the same thing with their controllers. Um, the I don't like that it's not particularly easy or convenient. As a handheld system, I think it's too big. It's too heavy. You can't put it in your pocket, you know? Like, they have the smaller ones that are exclusively for, you know, travel purposes. Yeah, you can't, yeah, which are a little closer, but I thought the DS was way better as a handheld device. I thought the PSP was a better handheld device. The Vita, as much as people, you know, gave it a lot of shit, I thought that was a better handheld device. I, I just don't think it does either one very well. And I get some people argue that, like, well, you have a handheld device. It's called your phone. But the phone, is, it's not the same. It doesn't have the tactile controls. It doesn't, it, you know, the games are generally shittier <laughs> and, and perform worse. They're more predatory. You know, they want, yeah. there, a lot of them are free-to-play games that just harass you constantly or make the game so difficult that you can't win it without paying Free money. Yeah, I would rather just buy a $10 game, $20 game, and play it on a portable device with tactile controls uh, and be able to put it in my pocket and, you know, 
play it on the bus on the subway play it at home when i'm rocking the baby and i think the switch is just too big bulky it's too bright you know for just a casual laid back anywhere you know too high profile yeah for battery doesn't last very long like it just i have a lot of problems with it as a mobile device so it's not particularly great as a handheld device and it's not particularly great as a plug-in tv device uh it's kind of backwards in both regards but it's this weird middle ground where it kind of it does both so if you want a game console that kind of does both it's great and a lot of people love it i i understand i'm totally in the minority on this Mm. on this subject i know a lot of people love their switches but for me i would rather have a dedicated handheld device that is made to fit my pocket that i can take anywhere and use as i wish and has a longer lasting battery i don't have to worry about it like getting super hot and overheating even the steam deck like steam deck's kind of big and bulky like I, I do think it's probably going to be a Switch killer eventually if if Nintendo doesn't do something innovative in this next phase. But I, I don't particularly like the Steam Deck either because it has the same problems. It's big, it's heavy, it's bulky, it's too bright, battery doesn't last too long, it gets hot and overheats. Like, And if I want to play Steam games on my TV, I'll just plug in a computer tower and get much better performance and have a lot more games to access, you know? I think... You bring up a lot of really good points in terms of the, like, I like the Switch, but I completely understand and agree that there are limitations in terms of, like, it's a bit more bulky than you would want. Mm-hmm. It's not as, I think the biggest issue is it's not as powerful as you would want, right? Because mm-hmm. it has to be low profile. You yeah. can't fit a lot of powerful components in there with and, and the heating and the ventilation and cooling, whatever. Yeah. And this is where the steam, de- I think, I think we... The reason I appreciate what it does, and I recognize its shortcomings, given what you're saying, I understand where you're coming from. I don't. I think that's a very valid point in terms of form factor for mobility, performance for you know more mobile, plugging it into, into a giant ass TV. I think that there's a lot of trade offs it has to do to kind of be a jack of all trades and not a master of either in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I will say that I guess the reason why the switch is so appealing is because it is the one th- actual hardware on the market and this is going to maybe piss a lot of people off that is actually trying to do something new and interesting as opposed to what PlayStation and Sony which we've been doing for a long time which mm-hmm. is bigger crazier more realistic graphics yeah because i don't as a gamer as who someone who can play you just said Final Fantasy 7 is one of is your favorite game mm-hmm. final fantasy 7 graphics are not that good yeah maybe for the time they were mind-blowing yeah. i think right and then final fantasy 8 came out and they're like oh this is amazing yeah like, final fantasy polygons look like shit <laughs> right dog shit even the ps1 legend of dragoons another yeah. chrono cross like all those jrpgs yeah. like they kept pushing the envelope for visual yeah. effects and you know final animation. fantasy 9 was like end stage playstation yeah heads and shoulders better than final fantasy 8 or final fantasy it, 7 well because 8 was too too persony 7 was too abstract 8 was 9 was like that perfect like yeah. fantasy artistic style consistent yeah here's my point I and I understand. I understand that the PS5 and the Xbox Series X have interesting, like cool, ar- cool as hell architecture that is very innovative. They have solid state drives that have never been made before for fast performance. Mm-hmm. They have graphics processors that are very. It's like the PS3 with mm-hmm. its processor where they were using it for military yeah. shit because of how yeah, intricate cell processors. Yeah, yeah. 
here's my problem. I don't think that the next big step for gaming is more polygons, more realism, and continuously bigger maps in the world that you run around in. I mm. don't think that I think that has a fine limit to how interesting or wow that we have a wow factor for that. Yeah. I think that the next step for games is as it's always been is the uniqueness like you use the hardware limitations to create unique situations and unique you know your constraints essentially dictate what creative ways you uh circumnavigate those hardware limitations by and i think the switch in contrast to just like again like ps2 ps3 ps4 ps5 i have i don't have a ps5 yet but from what i've seen on the ps5 and how I line up all the PS2 PS3, a lot of it is just graphical updates. Mm. A lot of it. I know it's more than that. It's more stuff, more sophisticated AI, more disk space, more whatever. Yeah. But a lot of it is just kind of a graphic update. Yeah. And I don't think that's enough for gaming. I think gaming is one of the mediums that is made interesting because it doesn't rely on you having to have photorealistic graphics to enjoy it. I think the gameplay outweighs everything any graphical fidelity you can put into it sure and the switch almost thrives on that because nintendo knows how to polish their gameplay really well and so instead of them going after amazing graphics they went after this hybrid system of being able to play the same game on the toilet that you play on your big 4k television yeah i think that in contrast to the other ones, is significantly more appealing yeah and i mean clearly the sales numbers reflect that right yeah uh, so I, I totally understand I'm in the minority on this, but um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, even Sony, uh, as much as we're talking about, like every, every number is system is just like at heart, just a graphical upgrade of some sort, you know, but which isn't they, bad, but, but they also that's had to, all it is. Yeah, right. Uh, but they, they still had two attempts at handheld systems with the PSP and PS Vita uh psp was outrageously popular but then people started pirating it and jailbroke it and then that was the end of that system <laughs> vita they didn't allow to jailbreak and it took a long time for it to get jailbroken but they didn't support it very well and oh, yeah, they had a hundred dollar memory card or some shit yeah like and they that. made like proprietary stuff that was super expensive like nintendo does now uh, uh so i guess that's just maybe that's just a japanese video game company thing but uh they have the psvr the original, and now they have PSVR 2 coming out very soon, if, if it's not out already. I think it's at the end of this month. Virtual reality, it's actually affordable, I would say. As yeah, it's one, of the, the, one of the few that's affordable, right? You know, there's basically the original Quest, you know, the Meta Quest, and then... The Facebook at one? Or yeah. is that the Quest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Quest 2 is out now. We're going we're gonna to talk more about Quest later in the, the news, but... Uh, I give Sony a lot of credit for trying things. I think sometimes they get caught like trying to copy Nintendo in particular, where they like, uh, and Microsoft too to a lesser extent, because like Microsoft came out with the camera on uh, Xbox One, right? Is that the one? Oh yeah, with the, the camera where they wanted to make it where required. you had to buy it with the camera. And then the they camera. were like, never mind, like, you guys think it's cool. yeah. Nobody wanted it. It was gimmicky. It was dumb. It wasn't supported very well. It didn't work very well. It spied on you, which was even the worse. The 360 had the fucking Connect, which. Yeah, god awful. And yeah, then, and I then, think yeah, this one and then PlayStation tried to copy them with their PlayStation Eye, and then their yeah. their uh, PlayStation they called it PlayStation Camera, which was just dumb. <laughs> uh, where they were trying to copy that, and then they chased Nintendo with the Move controllers. You remember the oh like, yeah lollipop commercial, the ones that look like they belong in adult film industry. Yeah, yeah, they look <laughs> exactly. They they were like a joke. 
but they were like slightly better Wii controllers that they made by copying Wii controllers. Well, then Wii came out with Motion yeah. Plus, but then they adapted it to their VR technology, which was somewhat unique. You know, there wasn't yeah. there really wasn't much, and the way they did it was so proprietary that now for the PSVR two, there's no back compatibility because the games were built for their specific system that had the light bar and the light bar tracking with a PS camera. Because they were basically just taking a bunch of old technologies that people probably already had laying around the house and adapting it to their yeah. their VR system to make it more approachable and more affordable, and because of that, the, I think the quality suffered a little bit. But um, PSVR two looks a lot better, but the the price is rough. That's uh, it's it's like six hundred or five hundred fifty bucks, which is more than a PS five, right? It's not uh, worth, and, and if it's not back compatible now, like you got to buy all the new games, right? To have it's, anything, to it's play. not worth for entry. It's not worth for very. Um, it, it's not new. It's not worth it for the technology that is essentially in its like borderline yeah. infancy. Yeah, that's kind of a gimmick. That kind of would be cool because yeah. I don't think anybody truly like you can you can sit on the couch and play nine hours of a game. Yeah, I don't think you're in VR for more than thirty minutes to an hour, no. even with like Resident Evil no. Seven. You're gonna- that, eye strain you're gonna have the weight just weighing down yeah. on you and you're standing up moving doing you're shit you're probably like... tripping over a cable somewhere right and it's tedious to set up and hook up which i think is the biggest prohibitive thing right. of vr and you're setting it up and you're paying hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. for that on I don't top think that... of a 500 yeah, playstation 5 this is a right. periphery this isn't yeah. in its own so right so there's a lot of growth there's a lot of change that probably needs to happen with all of these companies but uh there's there's pros and cons to all of it. It's hard to really fault anybody for trying to innovate, but yeah, it's it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. Next up on the news, the much anticipated game Forspoken from Square Enix has come out, but unfortunately had middling reviews and a lot of technical problems. With developers promising patches and performance improvements soon to come, this uh, this is a game that got delayed several times. Uh, we've talked about it on the show several times. It was something I thought I, I was kind of anticipating, being kind of a fun, you know, Devil May Cry with witches type of thing, uh, almost like Bayonetta, I guess, but without the guns. Is it a Platinum Games game? No, no, Square Enix. Okay. Um, I haven't heard much about this. Though. Yeah, it, it got a lot of promotion kind of late in the fall, and then it kind of dropped off the planet and got delayed, okay. and I think it's because they knew it was a little mediocre. Which, you know, here on Hit the Books Podcast, we're all about mediocre. <laughs> but uh, it it doesn't sound like people are really enjoying this game. A game that people are enjoying, however, is the latest Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it's gotten a lot of rave reviews. It seems to be hitting a lot of great sales benchmarks. I was super excited for this game. I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. So, uh, obviously there's a lot of people wondering, you know, how it would perform because of the controversy with, uh, JK Rowling and her, her trans comments, you know, on, you know, how you interpret what is a woman and what is a trans woman and that, that sort of thing. And that blew up into a whole thing. And I think it, I think the reason it caused so much controversy is because she was up to that point kind of a kind of a leader and kind of promoting like LGBT stuff. Like she kind of retconned a lot of characters I to mean, being gay and lesbian and stuff like that. I think the problem with that whole thing is like a lot of I think the more liberal stuff happens from people who tend to like I guess like Harry Potter was a very 
against like the norms kind of like oh it's magic and shit and it's like you got yeah. nerds you got people who have their religious christian parents who don't like it because it's magic and it's yeah. bad and, to your and point the, my grandma wouldn't yeah. let us read so the you books have like this counter conservative culture phenomenon almost yeah. and now if you find out that she has opinions that don't align with a lot of that and i think that for a lot of people is a letdown because they like yeah. hey i thought you were on our side kind of deal yeah i think that this is um, like any art, right? You kind of have to. I mean, it's hard, right? Sometimes because yeah. some people say it, shit, and you're like, you can't watch I mean, the same movie. I watch or... wrestling. I guarantee you, I don't agree with ninety percent of wrestlers' opinions. <laughs> you know, I, I watch football. I don't agree with ninety percent of probably. I'm just guessing. Football coaches and football players' well, opinions, like it's. It, I know it's like you said. It's difficult to separate the art from the creator, and the if you're really against something, and I don't personally, I think what she said was really mild. I don't think it, it it was worth as much consternation as it created, but um, I, I I think especially in this case where like all she's doing is owning the rights, <laughs> like yeah, she's well, not building this video game, she's not writing the video game. This is a prequel. I don't know if you know the concept behind it. Yeah, it's the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, late eighteen hundreds. Single player. Yeah, which it's a, I have something to say, but it's entirely go. like a a fantasy role play game in the Harry Potter universe that's created by people that have no association with JK Rowling. She just happens to be the creator of the, the universe in general and probably collecting some kind of royalty on it. Right. Or is at least being paid for the rights to be used to create the video game. So I, I, I'm glad it's doing well. I was afraid that it was going to get kind of review bombed by protesters who were angry at JK Rowling. And I'm glad for both the series because i enjoy the series and for the creators of the video game that work so hard on this you know this is their art this is right. i'm sure there's there's probably trans people that worked on this video game that really love what they've done and are proud of what they've done and for them to be punished by proxy of what exactly and creator like, of the idea yeah these who... games are huge too so they take years and years to create and develop from start to finish so like I'm sure these comments probably came out in the middle of production, you know, and then they had to decide like, oh crap, do we do we just like eat it's the loss and like throw away all this work we've done or do we just like roll along and hope for the best, you know, and just like express our vision to the world and hope that people don't, you know, kind of shoo shoo it away or, you know, tr review bomb it or whatever else. I think so, I think uh, one this is encouraging for me. One sentiment I want to leave if anyone is on the fence in terms of like I don't know how I feel about playing a game with someone who holds opinions I find morally abhorrent or apprehensive about. Mm -hmm. I want to say did you fall in love with Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling is an awesome human being or because the story is really cool that she happened to write regardless of what like caused it because like you hear about yeah. how she wrote it she locked herself in her room she did some crazy shit doing it like whatever the hell it's like yeah. You liked Harry Potter because the books resonated with you. The stories resonated. I know some people are like, well, now it's like, oh, well, now that yeah. everyone doesn't like her. The Revisionist books history. It's yeah. like, it wasn't written that well, and the stories are kind of stupid. Yeah. And there's, and like, all, there's always that. You as a kid wanted to cosplay as Hermione if you were a girl. You wanted a wand. You wanted the fucking all four houses with the little patches. If you are a fan of something, you have to ask yourself what's more important to you. The spirit of the art or does the artist really that is that evil of a person to you that you can't enjoy it? Because if you can't enjoy it, you should just walk away, right? Like yeah. Woody Allen, for example. 
Yeah. Is a great well, example. There's, of there's pe- a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot of people who love his movies, and then the stuff come out yeah. about some pretty irre- – yeah. like, you can't dismiss – Let's think about how or... many movies that were produced by Jeffrey Epstein. There you go. I mean right? – like, Half of the classics you probably love were produced or in some way influenced by Jeffrey Epstein, who is, by all accounts, complete piece of shit. <laughs> and <laughs> ruined a lot of lives. Probably you have, to, you have to ask yourself: Are you, are you going to? If because if it does taint it for you, you should walk away. Definitely. If it's and, and yeah. give yourself like that's a moral that's a judgment you have to make for yourself. If you can't handle watching a movie because all you can think about is man, the person who produced or made this was this person. Yeah. Walk away from it. Leave it alone. You it was ruined for yeah. you, and that happens. It's yeah. unfortunate, but it happens. But mm-hmm. if you're one of those people where I don't, I think the biggest aspect of you, you should not feel guilty for liking a song or a movie or a game or whatever because the people who made it or contributed to its creation are not necessarily good people because mm-hmm. you're not agreeing with their politics or viewpoints or lifestyles. You yeah. appreciate something that happened as a result of not, you don't even know the in level of involvement, honestly, half the fucking time, whether it was a producer who affected yeah. it or, a and writer. in this case, they made it very clear that she wasn't involved at no, all. Th- she, this is like, she just owns the rights 12 years after the last movie. Yeah. 15 years after the last fucking not counting the book. yeah prequel movies yeah yeah or the, the, the i think those are just but um, <laughs> but like we don't need another rant <laughs> um i want to say one thing about the harry potter game and this is where i've been trying to say this for years and i think a lot of people are starting to see that maybe this would be a good idea i'm not the first one obviously to come up with this we need a harry potter mmo yeah, I, I mean, I've I've talked with Emery about this on the show okay. several well, times. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Right, it, like, I promoted this a lot. <laughs> I th- I don't. I th- this is as close. This is pretty close to what I had in mind. Where but it's single player, and that's what, like okay. I thought this was gonna be an MMO, and that's why, like, mm-hmm. when I saw the single player, I was like, okay, listen, you want to make some player single player RPG? That's great. Think about how awesome, especially now, where everybody who grew up on Harry Potter is like our age, like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. We got money. We got maybe not time. Everyone's like busy having kids, doing cool shit, important shit, stock market life. <coughs> and, and quite frankly, there's just too much nerd content to consume. There's so much. You Movies, just, video games, you just heard TV shows, holy from... shit, comics. But think about the potential for a video game that's a Harry Potter game where you and your friends can all be students at Hogwarts in a class that you choose but either based on some matching system or you just choose it because you're like fuck it I want to be with my three friends who are all Gryffindors or maybe you're all different classes and you guys get to interact and go on quests together and every year is a season and every year you get to like promote yourself to a next year student and people who jump on are like younger people and they can be like you know people you interact with I think it would be cool the potential for an MMO in the Harry Potter universe is such a great fucking idea that I've had like I've always thought that since I was like a fucking little it was a, I was a little kid playing like Harry Potter 2 and 3 on the computer you know those movie license games I think the idea is there and I and if this is successful maybe they'll do something with that but I just I very much think that there is a great opportunity there Yeah absolutely um sorry I was just uh messaging Emery there um and Marie's here in spirit. Yeah, he's here. In, he's in the air. He's always. We in can the feel air. him around us, inside of us. He's at Hogwarts right now, <laughs> yeah. transfigurating yeah. into a yeah. That's where he is. Mushroom club. Yeah. Uh, so, what house are you? I'm one of the weird ones that's in all four, whatever the hell that term is. Uh, I get a different answer every time I take it. It's kind of weird. All right. 
So if what you had I? to decide yourself, what would you be? I don't know. I, I want to say Gryffindor because, like, I like to think of myself as, like, oh, I want to do the honorable good thing. But, like, I've yeah. had – they all kind of make sense. I don't know. I would – that's a that's a tough one because I've gotten literally all four of them every time I take it. And it's yeah. – I've, I've only you? done the test once. And, I, honestly, I don't even remember what the results were on that – when the Pottermore website yeah, yeah, first yeah, came yeah. out. The what, what would you look at first? What clue would you yeah. – Yeah. It was like, would you go into the woods or yeah, would yeah. you run back to the castle? What's, like, what's yeah. the best item you could get? The yeah. immortality, the power, then you're like – Yeah. What, what about you? What do you uh, – uh, I usually consider myself a Ravenclaw. Anytime I play a Harry Potter game, I choose Ravenclaw. Okay. I like their house. I like the kind of a. I mean, I I was pretty much a bookworm, more or less. I was a big nerd, and I did a lot of <laughs> I did a lot of crazy stuff when I was in high school. But like, I worked really hard. I had straight A's. Graduated a year early with presidential honors and stuff. Went to college a year early, and uh, yeah, I always considered myself a Ravenclaw. So. I, I never never really gravitated towards the other houses. I always thought like, yeah, Hufflepuff's like for pussies. Like Isn't Cedric Diggory Hufflepuff? I don't know. I th- yeah, I think I think you're <laughs> right. Uh which which makes sense cuz I, you know, Robert Pattinson <laughs> ruins another role. No, but okay, listen, listen. <laughs> I love the fourth Harry Potter movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I know people hate it cuz it's like not close to the books, but no, said um Cedric Diggory's death was, um, as a kid, that hit hard. That was like, you know, in Game of Thrones when shit happens and people get fucking uh-huh. sad. That was that for in 2005. That was great in the book. I loved it in the book. I hate the movies after number two. You didn't like three and four? No. Because they A, they changed directors. Well, yeah. They, and then yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris Columbus stopped like after the fourth movie, I think. Yeah. And they they changed the actor for Dumbledore. And the guy they replaced him with, I, d- I don't like his interpretation of Dumbledore at all. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand the movies after the first two. I think I, the first two captured the books really well, and like the spirit of the books. And I think the third one is where they went off the rails a little bit. And then the fourth one, they went really far off the rails. I will offer you a perspective. I think that the first two movies have a very intentional fantasy charm. Like, there's like... They're very, like, uplifting fantasy. They're very, like, feel-good. Even with the second yeah. one where you get to see Tom Riddle as a kid, which is one of the coolest fucking things in my mind ever. I love shit like that. I, I also... Oh, I hate how they rendered Voldemort in the later movies. It was, I, it's I, the guy from Red Dragon. I hate it. I hate it. I, he, he, he looks so stupid. <laughs> I can't stand him. Yeah. I, I like three and four because I think one and two show the childhood innocence. This is completely headcanon. I know that this is just me justifying how I felt. Yeah. But one and two feel like childhood, like they're still kids. Three feels like shit's getting real. Four is fuck you, shit's real. People are dying. The Nobody who you thought was good is good yeah. anymore. Everyone has ulterior motives. Everything is like gray. Yeah. And I think that the the change in direction – Almost like maybe like uh, meta, um, what do you call it? Uh, outside of the, outside of the intention intended effect reflects that almost like unintentionally because of how they change directors and actors and style. But anyway, Harry Potter is a beast of its own, of a fantasy story. And now yeah. we get a new game for it. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm I am 100% looking forward to it. Time is going to dictate whether I buy a brand new or not, but I would if I had the time, I would 100% buy that game right now, right now, brand new and play it if I had if I knew for sure I was going to be able to sit down and really flesh it out and enjoy it. Really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've done anything in the Harry Potter world other than like an occasional mobile game or something, but like I love the PlayStation 2 games uh the harry potter and the chamber of secrets and i love those games i love they're kind of bad but kind of good yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah did you ever play the quidditch game i wanted to i never got around to it it's i want i want a modern quidditch multiplayer game fifa yeah what i want i I would so bad i want it so bad and uh again i i recognize that harry potter is kind of goofy and the idea that like the center of all wizarding politics and crises and wars are high school, <laughs> essentially. Like, they put so much importance in this school over anything else. Like, a little bit. I, I find that kind of goofy. I mean, there's the Ministry I mean, of Magic, but nothing I mean, happens there. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the whole point is to demonstrate. It's kind of like with Anakin from Star Wars, right? It's this level of like, oh, it's just some fuck from Taz. Like, no. And then this yeah. is, that's why midi-chlorians piss a lot of people off. It's like, instead of it being someone who has high force potential, they try to quantify it in yeah. some sciencey abstract bullshit kind of way. Yeah. But, um,. It's a fun story. It's an interesting story that touched yeah. a lot of people. The books are still great. And I don't. I don't care how much revisionist history there is. It, the books are still great. I have. I have problems with the movies after the first two, but again, like Dumbledore, the actor that played the original Dumbledore, literally died. So there's not much you yeah. can do about that. I don't like the interpretation of the second actor that played him. And Dumbledore is such a core character that like it really sours the experience. And then like I didn't like. I didn't like the interpretation of Voldemort at all. I I I think they took the book too literally. <laughs> like the again in my mind space in my mind fiction, like the way I read the book, it was he had subtle features that were right. snake like, not literally a snake, <laughs> a it, bald snake with like snake nose and snake eyes. Is it like, like a little bit like Mouth of Sauron from Lord of the Rings, yeah. where it's like. A literal interpreter, like uh, the Nazgul, where it's like an empty head with a crown. Like yeah. they tried to do that in the cartoon, it kind of didn't work. Really yeah, well. but uh, then the movie, it's a hooded like thing, and it's like, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, right? but and I mean, I, 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 I take Lord of the Rings a little less seriously in terms of like how I interpreted how literal things were right. because it's literally a fantasy world where like nothing is connected to earth. It's just, yeah, it's a fantasy of fantasy. It, it is the quintessential fantasy. It still has to have a physical representation that we can relate to, right. but a lot of it is like more, more right. than just what you see. It's yeah. a metaphor. It's an image. It's... Whereas Harry Potter is grounded in our yeah. world. It's literally in our world, just in a, in an aspect in a, in a way we don't see because we're muggles <laughs> the, mid, the midnight hour yeah of the muggle world right right so uh that that's where i yeah i have a lot of problems with those movies i i appreciate that they're made uh, again why, why did they need to split the second of the last one into two parts like that started a whole new trend that i hate where they keep splitting things into parts like, chapter one yeah let's make the hobbit which is this tiny little book into oh, three movies uh, and put a bunch of shit that wasn't in the Dude, Hobbit at all. The nineteen what seventy eight cartoon of the Hobbit with the guy with the the greatest yeah that was so much better than those three <laughs> movies to the point where yeah. it's embarrassing. 
embarrassing how yeah. a 70 minute cartoon yeah is better than a peter jackson I mean, it was clearly i think this is again warner brothers just the cash grab just people sticking their nose where they shouldn't be oh well uh moving on we've ranted enough uh <laughs> go play hogwarts legacy if you wish to uh another bit of news the discord chat is now officially available in the beta phase for playstation 5 users so this is something uh xbox users and pc users have had and enjoyed for a while now but now pc or i'm sorry uh playstation 5 can now join in the fun if they want to use the discord chat as an alternative uh for their game sessions with their friends that's good integration yeah yeah so they're improving uh i feel like sony always does this where they start off with a few quirky things that like why why did you do that why did you make that decision why are you closing this ecosystem off when everybody else is opening it but they eventually learn their lesson and adapt japanese development their their model is so outdated according to everybody yeah there's a whole different philosophy uh in japan i think um star wars jedi survivor which is the sequel to uh was it fallen fallen order fallen order fallen yeah was it uh, star wars jedi fallen order yep uh it has been delayed to april 28th so i think that's a delay of six weeks total so if you were looking forward to getting that game in march unfortunately you'll have to wait till april late april at that so and then last bit of news uh, in the video game news portion. Uh, Annie Wershing, who played Tess in The Last of Us video game, has passed away. She's also done several TV and movie roles. Um, but that's the thing we want to uh, really touch on is her great performance in The Last of Us. She had a, a, an extended battle with cancer, and she was 45 years old. So uh, best wishes go out to her friends, family, and loved ones. Uh, she will be missed, and she... Uh, put on some great performances particularly with video games and in, in full mocap which is not easy uh not a lot of stuff going on in uh, comic books and manga at the moment uh so we'll go ahead and skip that section and we'll move on to the tech portion of the show and of, as we alluded the MetaQuest pro is dropping in price from 1499 and I, yes i mean 1499 dollars uh to a down payment on a car yeah uh, to one thousand ninety nine dollars <laughs> so big four hundred dollar discount but unfortunately still over a grand for reference the MetaQuest 2 which is also available is three hundred ninety nine dollars and then as we alluded to the the competitor ps we got we're having a, a disaster <laughs> making a mess everywhere uh and then the competitor psvr2 which is coming out very soon is five hundred and fifty dollars uh, which obviously requires a PS5, MetaQuest 2, and MetaQuest Pro both require a significantly powerful PC tower. Um, oh yeah, it's 4K because it's mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we went over the specs uh, that they talked about uh, probably a couple months ago on the show. The MetaQuest Pro has some really cool, exciting technology. The problem is the price is just so unreasonable. I mean, unless you are, again, privately wealthy or if VR gaming is just like your only joy in life, I don't see anybody (laughs) dropping dropping a lot of money on this thing. This is what that's what I was going to ask. Are there any actual long like I know there's that Rick and Morty game, but that's like two hours long, right? Not even maybe like there's yeah the games are not like. Uh, no, that's a different game. Sorry. There's, I, I'm just... My question would be, was, like, you're buying this hardware, right? The same reason, why do you buy a PS5 games? Why do I buy a Switch games? You want something that you can play on it. Yep. 
are there any VR games that are worth spending a fucking grand? I don't care how good they look. I don't care. I'm just saying, would you play enough of that game to justify $1,000 of entry level? Because you're buying the game too. That's 60, mm-hmm. 70 bucks now, right? We talked about it. Right. What What are you paying for yeah. to play? Because I'll tell you this. We pl- we bought that fucking PS camera for the PS4 like a year ago because I'm late on everything. Yeah. Class. yeah. I, it's not worth the little fucking figures jumping and the rubber duck that comes out. It's no. not. It's not. It's not. No. So what the fuck did I pay for? And then it's like, oh, well, you can do VR with it. Okay, you can play Fruit Ninja in VR. I can play Resident Evil 7 in VR. Is that it? Oh, there's that Until Dawn spinoff yeah. with the clowns or whatever. With the rail shooter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. or there's that uh, Half-Life. Walking, walking Dead. Yeah, the Walking Dead game, the Half-Life Alyx. Like, yeah. Okay, Half-Life Alyx is a real game. Rigs. <laughs> you can play Rigs with the, the nobody <laughs> on that multiplayer. Like, my question is, where are the games? Everyone asks this when a fucking console comes out. Where are the games? What am I playing? Why am I, should I be excited? No. Why should I be excited about spending $1,000? That's three months. How many months of that is minimum wage? A month? About I don't, I don't, two I months. don't even know what how, minimum wage is right now. How do you want to, like, put it in perspective. How much of your disposable income do you spend on something that doesn't have a tangible, fun thing you can look forward to doing on it? No. That should be your question. Yeah, and at least with, like, PSVR 2, at least you know that they're going to support it with, like, high-end exclusives. So at well, least... they have to. Otherwise, yeah. what the fuck's the point, exactly. right? Like... Exactly, right? It's so... Um, I personally think that, like, instead of making every game, like, these developers are so obsessed with making everything online all the time so they can track all your stats and whatever and making every single game a multiplayer game. And when they the, kill it, it's even, dead forever, not 30 years from now. You exactly, kids will play it. Exactly. I would rather they put that effort, especially for any first-person shooter games or first-person action games or first-person adventure games, that they make every first-person game have a VR uh aspect to it where you can just take control in vr and um, it really all it is is button mapping it doesn't have to be one for one with the controls like just make it a button map thing where you, you button map to the the virtual reality controllers and go around and shoot with the helmet on because that would be way more fun and intimate than s- sitting you know 10 feet away from your television yeah with right? a controller with two be, dimensions and you yeah. got headphones like the 3d audio that ps5 has now is outstanding i got a 3d headset which is great like it's a difference maker like the, put it all together yeah. and then an you have experience. the haptics you have What's the unique? haptics in the helmet and in the controllers like and, and again i don't know if you played a ps5 yet no but the uh, the new haptics are they're kind of a game changer like i, I they did, react to like the pressure of how much it takes to push something changes based on the game's yeah, program but it's right? even it's even more than that like i was i was legitimately surprised how much it made a difference and now like if i play something without those like high-end haptics i'm actually I, i'm put off by it like i'm like <laughs> oh something's wrong here something's not right like i've been playing like playing horizon zero dawn it's a ps4 it's an old ps4 game it doesn't have like all the high-end haptics and stuff for that the ps5 controller is built for and like every time i do something I'm like oh i kind of wish uh, i had my haptics here <laughs> i kind of wish this did what but if you play like a modern game that's built with those haptics in mind like it's outstanding it really like the demo game does it really well because it's like trying to show off everything you do with the haptics and the like pressure sensitive controls 
um, the triggers and everything, and you can turn them all off anytime you want to. So, if, like competitive shooters, you want to turn them off a lot of times because then it slows down your reaction time well, and your trigger time. The pressure sensitive stuff. I remember on the PlayStation Two, Metal Gear Solid Three, I think, had that where mm-hmm. like if you were holding somebody up, you could like aim a gun at them. Yeah. And if you didn't push all the way down, you wouldn't shoot. If you push all the way down, you shot, they killed. But if you hold them. Yeah. It's more, so, it's more than that. Well, like it literally locks. So like you can't go all the way. Okay. So, Cause yeah. that kind of playing with like small little edits that really enhance the yeah. immersion, mm-hmm. that stuff, again, if from what you're describing, that sounds like, again, great innovative aspects that enhance your immersion in the game yeah they provide something new and interesting and the fact the biggest aspect is you start missing them when they're not there you start playing an older game you're yeah, like man exactly. i wish i could do that it shit. is it is 100 something i didn't think i wanted that i totally can't live without now that's the best kind of yeah. innovation right so i I'll, I'll let you play around with it next time you come over okay but it's it really does make a big difference, especially when you start playing like long RPGs with it or something, and you just get so used to having it, and then you try to play something <laughs> old or you try to play something without the, the support for it, like some third party that like just barely supported it. Then you're like, oh fuck, this sucks. I want I want my haptics well, back. <laughs> it's progress, right? Yeah. It's technological progress. They also um, put a much better speaker in the controller, like. Before on the PS4, they have this yeah. kind of tinny, shitty speaker. It's like the Wiimote and it's, speaker. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's way more annoying than it is like immersive. The new one is legit. Like it, it's functional okay. and it actually adds some immersion. Like when you pull back a bow, it makes that strained bow sound, and you're feeling like you. It doesn't shake the whole controller like the old Rumble did. It literally like positionally shakes in your hand on only the right side as you're pulling cool. pulling the trigger and that you can feel the resistance in the trigger and it, the resistance increases the further your bow st- draw goes that's what and it's does it, xbox it, do that uh they no? have some uh aspects in their current controllers they do i i know they have some pressure sensitivity in the triggers but mm-hmm. it's not quite it's nowhere near this extent because i remember i just to like give perspective on what made me cool like holy shit this is a cool innovation for me i was playing resident evil 2 so you know how resident evil there's like fine caution danger when you're mm-hmm. taking damage so they same thing in re2 remake you have that right you got a green yellow red yeah the controller color changes based on that okay. yeah yeah shit like that yeah it's cool it's that one extra step and then what you're describing mm-hmm. is that one extra step except like blows your mind because they yeah. actually like programmed it into your you're again you're being yeah. immersed you're getting more feedback from what you're experiencing in real yeah. life and that's and I, i'm sounding like a huge fanboy, and i kind of am <laughs> but like legitimately if you have not played a ps5 with like full first party support for this stuff and if you pair it with like the 3d audio on top of that like a headset that actually supports the three the actual 3d audio and you adjust it to your ears it it's it, like this stuff's legitimately game-changing and apparently they have the same haptic technology in their headset that's coming out so i mean if you imagine playing a boxing game and you have that level of sensitivity in the haptics and the helmet and you get hit in the head and you feel like that like obviously doesn't hurt you but you feel the haptics of that hit feedback that's and it's not just a flash of light on the screen like that's a that's a game changer ps5 mike tyson's punch out some i'm calling it right now some people are going to get some ptsd from these haptics (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm dead serious i think people are going to be like 
they're gonna feel like they actually got in a fight with somebody and not obviously not hurt but they're like gonna have no, that it, like emotional feeling of like oh i'm getting the shit beat out of me it's always like you remember tron yeah like that whole the whole feeling of like oh you're in it but you're not it's virtual yeah. but it's like reflective no yeah. that's cool again again it boils down to the features should reflect one technological change and advancement two be worth the money that you're paying for them yeah so, absolutely so uh back to the topic at hand MetaQuest. you know i i really don't see a, a real audience for this pro unless you're just really wealthy and you just want to be a baller with your vr gaming which everyone's balling and risking <laughs> yeah. money right now in 2023 right right, right. january of yeah. february yeah <laughs> in the middle of a recession and everything and multiple just... wars Give me all the VR. <laughs> yeah. Early adopters love this economy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at a point where I think VR is very viable now uh, to the common user, but $1,400, $1,500, because it's $1,499 originally, and now it's like $1,100 for just the headset. You could build a whole that, that's outrageous gaming PC that could run like high to epic settings. Yeah. Well, medium it, to high, like it's a just, good PC for yeah. eleven or for fourteen hundred, eleven hundred too. Yeah, you could buy three switches, four switches, <laughs> like for that price. Play uh, Dead by Daylight with your best friends. Yeah, all together. just use your hands. Circle. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I just don't see an audience for it. But uh, MetaQuest Two, I would recommend. PSVR Two, would definitely recommend if you can afford it. Granted, <clears throat> in both situations, there's some, there's a significant barrier to entry because not only do you got to buy the headset you most likely got to buy the ps5 or the computer tower to run everything so it's a challenge but uh definitely i I wouldn't recommend the pro that's just an outrageous price all right well that's a great place to end the news of course as always we got to give out the prestigious nay life-changing award of cover of the week this week, the comic cover of the week we found on, of course, freshcomics.us, uh, which is a great resource to see what is coming to your local comic book shops every Wednesday. Um, this award goes to Image Comics' The Last Barbarians, number one. This cover done by Brian Haberlin. Uh, this has a, a really cool kind of a classic fantasy uh, fiction art style the st- type of stuff you'd see on like 80s it reminds uh, me fiction. of dragon lance a little bit yeah yeah that's exactly what i was thinking of it's very much a dragon lance type of artwork it's a wonderfully detailed piece of artwork and a level of detail you usually don't get in comic book uh, cover art usually it's a, it's a little more simpler and a little bit more playful with the colors and everything this is you know it, it there's some color play but it, it's really more about the the level of detail and kind of the mystique of the character, the look in the character's eyes, uh, the detail and kind of embellishments of the the outfit, of the the gear she's carrying, uh, it's 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 just intriguing. Looks fun, looks interesting, very much in that Dragonlance, as you said, uh, style of uh, classic, you know, eighties nineties fantasy artwork. It looks awesome. Uh, it makes you want to read it. <laughs> which is which is all a covered artist can do if if they can interest you and catch your eye at the, the local comic book shop and get you to grab it off the shelf hey they've done their job and brian haberlin has certainly done his job uh of course as always we want to give you the synopsis of the comic to give you a chance to check out if the drapes 
or uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> again, to check if the content matches the drapes. All right, so this is a series premiere. To be classless is a whole new low. You'd think in a fantastic world full of giants, magic, and flying fish, it would be a world of possibility, but flying you'd be fish. dead wrong here. Uh, Sylve, I assume, is a jack of all trades. She can fight with the best of them, pick most pockets, and even cast a third level spell or two. It's too bad for her that if you aren't a member of a guild, you are a person non grata, completely outcast from adventuring. That might be fine, except she has her disabled seven-foot-tall brother to take care of. If she can't find a job to support them both, they'll be dead in a ditch in a matter of weeks. So now her only hope is a quest from a sketchy cleric who promises only a true hero can save the day. Sylv has a lot of skills, and she'll need them all to survive this hero's journey. That was uh, probably the longest comic book description we've ever read on the show. <laughs> That's uh, I, I. It also kind of sounds suspiciously like a Dungeons and Dragons story. <laughs> a little bit. So it sounds like a mix of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. And like Demon Slayer. I don't know. Like the whole. Yeah, maybe. Care of your... Yeah, I can kind of see it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds interesting. It really sounds like a D and D campaign, though. <laughs> yeah, when so, said level three, they literally like... called it a third level spell. <laughs> so it sounds like Goblin Slayer. Yeah. They're like, oh, are you a porcelain or a silver? Well, rank? let's hope it doesn't start like Goblin Slayer. So, well, I maybe we want so, that. <laughs> so I okay. I just want to. Real... If you want to send Nick your lewd boy fantasy art, you can always email us at hitthebooksvids at gmail dot com. I don't know about all that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no um. I showed Goblin Slayer to my girlfriend. I started off as, oh, yeah, it's this, like, it's kind of childish, like, this, like, take on D&D, you know? It's, like, a feel-good, like, fantasy stuff. It's nothing crazy. Ten minutes in, she's like, <laughs> if you know what happens, you know what happens. But um, Yeah, if you know, then you know. Goblin Slayer is not great for kids. Well, I guess depending on how traumatic traumatized your kids are, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're a terrible parent, I suppose you'd let your if kids you've watch it. If yeah. exposed your kids to some horrible shit, then I, mean, on- I don't know. I I have a new son. He's you know a little over four months old. I have no idea how I'm going to prevent him from just being completely scarred by the internet as he's growing up. Because like when I was growing up, like I learned everything at like from friends at school. Now they don't even need that. And like we you know we had dial up internet. Like we weren't <laughs> if we wanted to look at boobies. We had to sit there and, like, hide the fact from our mom while the phone wasn't working. You know, uh, you, you literally could not make a phone call. And so if mom tried to make a phone call or dad tried to make a phone call, they'd catch you. They'd be like, oh, you're on the Internet. What are you doing? And then you have this, like, slowly line-by-line <laughs> rendering <laughs> of, like, a crude, pixelated woman. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, I will like, say. And now, like, in a, in a split second, <laughs> you, can, you can go on social media and find porn. You can go on Twitter and find, you can, like, the most graphic it's, pornographic it, shit. It's, <laughs> like, it's not very... Um, you, you, What's uh, nurturing in terms of developing healthy young adults with perceptions of what yeah. relationships are? I mean, I, 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 thanks to the internet, I saw a man get his head chopped off when I was like twelve. 
Me too. Like, like, yeah, that was a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty common experience in the internet age. And like, I don't know how to stop that. <laughs> like, as a parent, when he's like four, well, five, six, you know, and we give him a phone for emergency situations or something. And then he four years. Okay, his, I will say this: his buddy finds a way to jailbreak it or something. You have you know? so many kids. This is okay. This is like going to date myself, maybe you a little bit because we're talking about this. I don't think you need a phone until you start like going to school. Like middle school yeah. is where it should start probably, becoming. A I'd probably give my kid like a, a flip phone or something just for emergencies, so they can call. Okay, somebody. Yeah. If it's like a you want to be connected yeah. in case there's, there's a lot of fucked up people out there, right? That yeah, take advantage. Right, right, but right. I'm just saying, like, there's a level of responsibility. I think one. It's like it's kind of like the argument. I remember we had this discussion where it's like you should gradually let people learn to handle more and more responsibility because handing your seven-year-old a device that's connected to the internet is like, okay, I'm going to put parental controls on it. But then they're not going to – they're going to either learn to circumnavigate it or not know what to do when they're not there. So you want to – And then you just think of like – think about how many devices that you wouldn't think have connection to the internet but do. Smart fridges – your Tesla, we, yeah, we saw your fucking, video game consoles have web browsers. We went to Home like, Depot and there's a fucking phone tablet screen on a fridge where you can Google stuff, and I, it's like I know, like I it's don't three thousand dollars. I just don't know how you can cover all your bases to prevent that, and then also the physical versions of these things, you know, like printouts, you know. nudie mags whatever you know we all had these kind of experiences growing up but like you had to really fucking work for it like (laughs) you had to really go out of your way to find this stuff and get this stuff maybe that's why everyone's so like depressed nowadays it's It's too easy it's too easy yeah everyone's like got like (laughs) there are a lot of people that believe that Uh, and issues where everyone's like doesn't know how to handle uh, things that require a lot of focus and time. Everything is so easy to access. I think that's yeah. It is a blessing and a curse because we have. If you want to get super deep with it, unlike Batman, um, you you run into this issue where we live in... just throwing shade randomly. Fuck you. <laughs> um, we run into this issue uh, where we as a gener we as a I don't want to say generation we as a people in the current day and age have more access to information than anyone ever. Oh, yeah. ever has yeah. it's not even close and it's yeah it's it's like to a magnitude of like three digits crazy it's no longer like a library right it's like yeah. literally any second you can know anything you want to know mm-hmm. not to a deep extent because that requires again that's just where you get running the issue yeah if it's a I difference think, between knowledge and understanding right? yeah, yeah like you can yeah. know a lot of random shit really quickly like we can find this comic book which looks awesome but mm-hmm. like do we know the what's it about that takes time. What are the themes yeah. of it? Can that we takes time. physically draw it ourselves? Yeah, no, or that takes what time went into learn. it? Exactly. Appreciating yep. the finer points of it, all of that. That's why, like, in this, I was watching a video the other day about like how games from your childhood that you played like for two hours every day with your friends, you for some reason they're like burned into your memory, like a fucking like what do you go uh, like a brand almost. Yeah. Yet you'll play through a game that's like. 80 hours long you'll breeze through that in a week or go through a tv show remember a single day yeah and you'll be like what the (laughs) fuck did i just watch your play and that's because we as a species operate better when there is it's harder to do it so we have more dedication we have to think about it harder Mm -hmm. and it leaves a higher imprint it affects us more yeah and long story short don't give seven-year-olds tiktok yeah it's the point i'm trying to make and i think that's but, a great note to end the show on so don't give seven-year-olds tiktok wait until they're 17 
So, Nick, I really appreciate you coming over and uh, joining oh, yeah. the show. Um, sorry Emery couldn't join us, but uh, hopefully he'll join us next time you're over. Um, really saved my butt because uh, <laughs> I, I would have been recording this episode alone and that nobody wants that. You already get too much of me as it is, right? So want to thank you for coming over. Hope you'll join us again soon. Thank you for um, having me. Thank you for – and for the audience, they, it, hopefully my presence was not – dude you were great putting no, to you were great. The, uh, the i think it, and... i think if there's any complaints it's that you agree with me too much <laughs> uh, we we have too many similar opinions like, hey, am i allowed to like batman or what, what yeah. do i what do i say this episode was extra snarky and uh, like <laughs> <laughs> like wanting to start a fight with a lot of these uh studios and stuff but uh i really loved having you on love your perspective on things uh you did disagree with me on uh the dislike of the switch and uh harry potter movies so there's there's something, audience. The SmackDown fight is coming next episode. <laughs> Who will a, win? Many will enter. Yeah, enter Ma- many cage. will not win. But uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. Glad you came over. I hope you had fun. Um, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for watching. And whenever you want me on, if if you yeah comment if I don't know if you, if want you guys more, if you guys get some uh, songs recorded or anything, we'll be sure to promote those just like we promote those natural ones on twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones and on YouTube. Uh, so go so- support Emery and Nick Marlat on their uh, weekly D and D stream. Uh, of course, we got our own D and D game that we'll be playing on Monday most likely, unless something crazy happens. So I'll see you on the stream. It's not a public stream, but uh, on our Discord, <laughs> I our assume. Pay per view. On uh, yeah, yeah, we we're gatekeepers. Fifty bucks. You know what? Fourteen ninety nine. But I'll 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 give you a discount. Ten <laughs> ten ninety nine, and you're in. Wait, why does it keep going down? Uh, <laughs> you have to split it a little. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, to you, our audience, really want to thank you for watching, listening, and supporting us. Of course, remember to give us a like and subscribe on the YouTube channel and give us good reviews elsewhere. It really helps us out, promotes the algorithm, and uh, gets us one step closer to uh, any kind of potential uh, funding to improve the show, maybe hire an editor, all that good stuff. So, really appreciate you. Of course, if you have any ideas or questions to submit to the show or Lude Boy fan art. Uh, you can always reach out to us at hitthebooksvids at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at htbvids, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hitthebooks. Of course, we're going to join the other social medias eventually, but uh, I'm busy. All right. There's going to be no TikTok. I, uh, well, Nick Marlott wants a TikTok real bad. I just He can make it. It's yeah, <laughs> He probably will, to his credit. Um, and, of course, uh, be sure to uh, check out those natural ones, as I said. Um, I'm forgetting something. I'm probably forgetting something. See, this is, see, Emery, this is why I need you here. Nick Marlott, this is why I need you here. I need you guys to beat me senseless and then take over the show and remind me all the things I need to promote. But of course, we're on YouTube, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Spotify, I, iTunes, etc. Tumblr. <laughs> uh, if only they still had porn. Twitter's got porn, but Tumblr doesn't. Is this like audio porn? Two hour, three hours of abusive yeah. comic ball ah! torture? Yeah, give you some of that at the end of the show. All right, I, I've kept you here long enough. We love you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Lude Boy fan art? Yeah. <laughs> Don't, ooh, sorry.
See? <laughs> I'm the worst party foul already. Oh, well, no. You mentioned the worst Star Wars oh, movie. Oh, no. Ryan Johnson, I blame you. You spilled <clears> my beer, you son in. of a bitch. Yeah. Um, 